0: Hey, folks, welcome back to the glorious return of 80s Revisited. Did you know we're on YouTube right now? If you search for 80s Revisited, you can watch this episode live from YouTube. Well, not live now, but we filmed it live. We're still fighting some audio issues here, so bear with us. Last time I mentioned we were too old for Instagram. Well, that's not true. At 80s underscore Revisited, go bother Trey on Instagram. All right, enough pre-show notes, let's get to the episode. This is 80's Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now, your host, Trey Harris. me into this,
1: Tommy.
0: You <laughs> try to work and a job. I must be crazy. <laughs> you know, if the institution ever found out about this, they would
1: haul our butts back in and straight check them. Permanent. You didn't have to come, Oz. This is between me and Jason. I know, I know, I know. But I still
0: don't get the therapy here. All you need to know is Jason's dead, right? <laughs> Seeing his corpse ain't gonna stop the hallucinations. Seeing it won't, but destroying it will. Jason belongs in hell. And I'm
1: gonna see he gets there. And you might have thought we were in hell. Because there are no podcasts. That's right. For a long time. According to my intense calculations, January 21st, 2019. It's a so yeah, but we're still alive. This is not from the f- past. This is from yeah. right now. We've been resurrected, <laughs> just like our good friend Jason Voorhees. That's right. One of the few people who could bring me out of not retirement, but just to the point to where I had to be like Jesse. We have to get an episode. Yeah. <laughs> is there any possible way can we can record for Friday? And of course, Jesse, and in his infinite wisdom, yes, my son, I shall make it so. Make and it thus so. We are here. Yeah. Testing out new things. Yep. So creative criticisms. Always appreciate it. Yeah. So, but yes, I am, of course, your host, Trey Harris. With me, as always, the Jason Lives to My Friday the 13th Part 6, Jesse Sedgley. Yes, I am. And A's Revisited is back. That's right. I can't say what frequency. Don't quote me on anything. Because <laughs> if I was actually listening to our Friday the 13th Part 5 episode today, mm-hmm. and there are so many meta jokes in that as to what's happening right now, about, how, oh, maybe we'll talk about it when we record again. It might be that Friday the 13th in September 2019. Yeah. <laughs> Here we are. Might take a little while. <laughs> yeah, so. But anyway, everybody's doing fine. Uh, we were not recording for any kind of uh, medical issue or anything like that. Uh, just me personally... Stupidly busy, and I mean and the strange thing I was joking with Jesse earlier is like I'm actually more busy now than ever. But that's what that's just the power of Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, yeah. We have to do a podcast. We still in the '80s. We still got like three more of them to do. So bet your balls if there's no episode till the next Friday the Thirteenth, you can count your. Uh, I already said bet your balls, so I'm gonna mix it up. <laughs> you can bet your balls. You can bet your balls times two. Double or nothing. That <laughs> we'll be back with another episode for that one. But let's get right into it. We'll do all the catching up at the end. Yeah. As usual, it tends to happen here for our veteran listeners and, of course, veteran viewers. Now, yeah. So if you're listening to this on iTunes, uh, go over to YouTube, look for 80s Revisited. We don't have a channel yet, but if you hit that subscribe button, we can eventually have a channel name. And you will see that I do not look like a skinny redneck as somebody thought yes, that somebody I looked <laughs> based on my voice. Because thing yes. is about the thing is about accents is that we don't know that we sound like that. Of course. I don't think I sound country. Country. But then we go somewhere else, you know. To north or to the west, and it's like, oh, I love your accent. Oh, thank you. And I'm thinking, like, I don't have an accent. But Then every now and then, I don't got no accent. I don't talk like <laughs> Yosemite Sam. But uh, anyway, Friday the 13th, Part Six. Jason mm. lives, August 1st, 1986. IMDb appropriately 6.0. Ah, I bet they tried to do that intentionally. I'm sure, like, they like, oh no, I got. It kills me to downvote this, but it will get it the perfect rating. <laughs> let's see what five is while you're looking. I'm just curious. If, sure. Let's see if this is a trend. Uh, but anyway, uh, Rotten Tomatoes, strangely enough, 52% critics and 52% audience. Strangely. What name did it have? Uh, five was a new beginning. A new beginning, like the Wolfie's just fine, yeah, song. yeah, Wolfie's just fine. Which goes on that. 4.8. Oh, they're oh, still so trying. I go, somebody go leave a positive review quickly. Maybe need maybe <laughs> just leave about, a bunch of tens until yeah, it gets up to five, just a few get it to five, just for the hell of it. But anyway, uh, what let's if see. Jason 10's a 10. <laughs> Doubt it, like the one that would be least deserving of a 10 on IMDb. <laughs> That's well, of course, the higher you get, of course, the general consistency. Uh, consensus among the fans is that of course the higher you get you know, after six for the most part, is that's like the downgrade, so to speak. Ah. So that would be you know it always you want to reverse it somehow. But anyway, mm. I digress. The budget for part six was an estimated three million, not pocket change any no matter what year you're talking about. Opened six point seven, so it doubled its money and then some on its opening weekend. Would only go on domestically though to gross nineteen point four, at that time the lowest entry You know, the the series in terms of financials peaked with five, and now they're just going downhill. So uh, not peaked in terms of money, but not making as much as its predecessor is a trend that began pretty much with this one. Mm. Undeservingly so, as we'll get into it, Uh, couldn't find any information on worldwide gross or rentals. Uh, This one, however, was directed by Tom McLaughlin. He did a ton of TV, uh, but most peculiarly, he did episodes of both Friday the 13th, the series, and Freddy's Nightmares, a fan favorite. And by fan, I mean me, because most people didn't like it because it only ran, two. I think, maybe season and a half or right at two seasons, and that was about it. He's very selective. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, he, you know, he, he's got a pretty good career. Uh, you know, he's constantly working. He was uh, more, well, more on him a little bit, but uh, he also wrote it. Same thing, wrote lots of TV. And to tie it back to Friday the 13th, he was the writer for the game in the Pamela tapes that you would find exceptionally rare when you open drawers to be a little cassette tape mm-hmm. and then like you would go to the menu and the extras like you could hear like a, a tape but it was that the you can listen to them all on YouTube uh and then they had an update and they then then added the Tommy Jarvis tapes which are really cool because it referenced Haddonfield and other uh, uh Springwood or uh the, the incident not the asylum but the institute where they did the dreaming and Dream Master uh and uh Hatchet because Adam Green I think wrote that yeah. for the Tommy Jarvis tapes and of course Adam Green writer director Hatchet uh, which pretty much is the only real film still carrying or uh, still having that 80s slasher vibe to it in terms of, you know, I think four sequels and Kane Hodder, you know, the Jason and seven, not this one, of course, is uh, Victor Crowley in Hatchet. But I mean, those are just fun. If you like Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, Halloween and uh, Texas Chainsaw and all the classic eighty slashers, you need to check out the Hatchet series. It's phenomenal. Great practical effects. Mm-hmm. Everybody's freaking about out about it. Like, ooh, it's so scary. I'm so scared of all this CG bullshit. <laughs> CG is not scary. Did you see it? No. I mean, uh, I want to see it. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely want to see it, Chapter 2. Right. Excited for it. However, still got a baby, everybody. Part of the reason we haven't recorded, Nothing happened to Violet. She's fine. She's doing great. She's walking and talking, saying dada all the time. Melt my whole, uh, hard, hard, cold heart every time she does it. But, yeah, I man, I've been so behind on recent movies. Uh, but, obviously, I love Stephen King. I want to see it, Chapter 2. But, you know, all these... All you youngins like to say that, oh, it's the scariest thing I've ever seen. Like, oh, it's so scary. Like, oh, the 90s one was stupid. Like, I, I don't understand... Like seriously, like nothing CG has ever scared me. Has it made me jump? Yes, because a jump scare is a jump scare. Right. You, I don't care what jumps out at you, as stupid as it might be. You, oh shit. Yeah. You know, you're going to get a, elicit a reaction. You know, it. It chapter one was creepy. You know, I can see why. I can see why people would be creeped out by it. But was I scared? No. Yeah. No. Last time I was scared. I, not say not, yeah, scared. or. I don't know. I have to think about it. We'll come back to that one I don't want to set find out during Halloween uh, horror month hopefully hopefully you should do a top 5 or top 10 moments I was scared god that would take forever, <laughs> Not forever. I mean I would have to like you know top it could, 3 it would give me that meme of uh forget her name it, it could uh, be like whenever you were a child you know oh yeah go way back let's listen to old episodes kind of like, oh that scared the shit out of me in this one yeah but now you could compile it all together since you know yeah, that would be fun <laughs> Jesse has a good idea. We'll do that. Anyway, uh, Tom McLaughlin, uh, like I mentioned, he wrote, he wrote the Pamela tapes in Friday the Thirteenth: The Game, which unfortunately is defunct because of the lawsuit between Sean Cunningham and Victor Miller. Still so not can't resolved. You can still play it, but there's no new content, no updates. There's only uh, quality of life updates in terms of bugs, right. that kind of thing. In the original team, they're developing that uh, Predator game that's coming out. That's basically same kind of model. You have a squad of four, or however many I'm not sure how many players it is, but then one person's a predator. So I'm excited for it because I loved Friday the Thirteenth. The game I thought it was fucking amazing. Uh, of course, not too many people did. People were very unforgiving. They want to you know, play with the learning curve, but I mean that game made me feel like I was in a Friday. the thirteenth. hunting grounds game. predator hunting. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It looks. I mean, I'm, I have high, high hopes for it because again, I absolutely love Friday the Thirteenth. The game. So, what's hmm. starring? Oh, I'm sorry. We don't. We always mention the cinematographer now, just in case. But this case, in this case, you could forget about it. Although, I must say, this, this installment, I think, has some great cinematography in it, in terms of uh, you know, some, some iconic scenes, uh, especially those involving some of the kills, uh, how it captures it, and the iconic scene of the RV flipping, and then Jason crawling out on top as it's on fire. I mean, that's cheesy as fuck, but cool as hell. <laughs> Can't beat it. Uh, but anyway, starring the great... 80s horror icon i'd say uh tom matthews or matthews, tom. thom matthews <laughs> because it's t-h-o-m but uh, it's pronounced tom although if i met him oh thom matthews great tom. to see you it's it's tom guy it's tom tom no no don't be modest <laughs> stop telling me my name but anyway uh of course he was a veteran of the podcast on last year's halloween horror because he was in both return to the living dead part one and it got a completely different character in part two, but also not the first time. Oh, I completely skipped over the cinematographer because uh, he only did only one other thing of note. Uh, but anyway, John Cranhouse was his name. And the only other thing in his resume that's worth mentioning is Kickboxer. Huh, huh. So the Van Damme classic to some low tier Van Damme to others. Uh, but anyway... Speaking of Kickboxer, tying it into Tom Matthews, or Thom Matthews, as ah. we'll mention on the podcast, he was also, Thon Matthews was also in Kickboxer 4. And yes, I know everybody, it's Tom Matthews, I'm being stupid. <laughs> uh, he was also in one of the uh, most well-received fan films of any franchise that I've ever uh, seen in terms of fandom, uh, Never Hike Alone, which was released, I think, last year, Friday the 13th fan film. Uh, a lot of hype about it. It was pretty good. I mean, I would have, you know, a fan, as far as fan films go, fantastic. But, uh, spoiler alert, Tom Matthews pops up in the end. That's Tommy Jarvis, which was a great surprise. You know where their budget went. But uh, they look great, well done, etc. They've had a lot of success with it, uh, which is that's just great. Because we're not getting any more movies in this franchise for God knows how long. And as we mentioned on the Part 5 podcast, the next installment of Friday the 13th, no matter what it is, the next official one, will in fact be the 13th one. So, hopefully, you know, the wait will be worth it for whatever they decide to do with the next Friday the 13th. But only mm-hmm. time will tell. I mean, it'll eventually happen, you know, hopefully before another episode of this podcast. I mean, <laughs> not, <Right>. hopefully <laughs> another episode while we're still doing the podcast, I should say. A little meta joke there, sort of failed attempt. I, I blame myself. Uh, but uh, moving on, Jennifer Cook was the lovely Megan. She was also in V, fan favorite of mine, as mentioned, and we reco- uh, we reviewed it on the podcast before. And as typical with these series... Most of the actors and actresses tend to have a, you know, will have been in soap operas. These aren't necessarily film actors. You can have one every now and then, Kevin Bacon in the first, Tom Matthews has been in a lot. Um, I forgot his name from part five, but anyway. The guy, gentleman the played Demon that was in a lot of TV, but also appeared in Return of the Living Dead. Uh, something Junior, I think See a long name, like two, uh, I can see his face, but I can't think of something it. Something Junior. Uh, Mike Miguel Nunez Junior, I think. It's, I think we had, a, I might miss on a middle name there, but. Uh, one of my favorite, uh, you know, kind of bit character actors in a lot of stuff. But anyway, uh, let's see. David Kagan was uh, Sheriff Garris, which is a reference to Mick Garris, the horror yeah. writer director who, uh, you know, he uh, he's pretty much the one that came up with the idea for the Masters of Horror, when you see the Masters of Horror series, you know, with uh, Carpenter and Del Toro and all that. So we kind of got that together. But he's he's got his own podcast, too. So free plug to Mick Garris, who, you know, <laughs> maybe could come on our podcast one time. There you go. But anyway... Uh, Anyway, David Kagan was also in one episode of Hardcastle McCormick, which we always, I always look for when I see people's history on IMDb because of the famous lost episode, the truly lost episode of 80s Revisited, uh, that we like to bring up for hardcore fans of the podcast. You have to go back over 200 episodes to find, right. know, to begin on that joke. The real. So wow. there's your homework. Uh, but also, uh, mostly TV, including, though, Freddy, Freddy's Nightmares and Matlock, my grandparents' favorite. Uh, they're dead now. Uh, Renee Jones with Sissy. Tons of TV, but I always recognize her because she was in Days of Our Lives. And like many children of the 80s, I'd get home from school and be watching Days of Our Lives with my grandparents waiting for my parents to get home or whatever. <laughs> and then, if, Even as an adult, uh, when... I watched cartoons when I got home. Oh, I did too. But then, well, Days of Our Lives came on more around lunchtime. So if you stayed home with your grandparents, you watched it or something like that. But then mostly... When she was on the show, to have a, the soap opera moment of the podcast uh, was more so when I was out of college, but I was still working with mom and our family business, but we had our business still, you know, and in, 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 we enclosed the garage, everything. So we basically worked at home for the most part. So for lunch, we go and, you know, we'd go eat lunch around noon and we watch Days of Our Lives. The only thing on TV was soap operas around noon. So I was, you know, I became a fan of Days of Our Lives with Stefano and Marlena becoming possessed and all this other crazy crap that I didn't know they had in soap operas. All right. But I want to say uh, Renee Jones, I think she was Stefano's daughter or something on the show. It's been forever. But I, every time I saw her, I was like, gosh, she looks so familiar. And then when I watched part six again, yeah. I was like, holy shit, it's a chick from Days of Our Lives. <laughs> uh, Tom Fridley was court. He was, he was actually in some notable things. He was in Face Off, which is a horrible movie, but it's worth it for Cage and Travolta's overacting and scenery chewing. Iron Eagle, a great 80s film, which will maybe yeah. be reviewed on the podcast one day. Uh, and... He is a veteran of the podcast because he was one of Johnny's henchmen in The Karate Kid. Hmm. And I do not believe he has reappeared in Cobra Kai either of the season. So uh, let's see. And then Tony Goldwyn. Everybody knows Tony Goldwyn. He's that character actor who's always the asshole villain in a lot of 80s movies. He's an, he's always, he's, I've never seen him not be a villain. Well, I'll take it back because in this he's not a villain. But he's kind of a douche because he gets out of the car and he gets himself killed. But he's the villain of the sixth day, he was a villain and ghost, that pretty much you know. The most romantic movie its time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a meta joke for our group of friends. If you get that joke, then yeah. you you are you are one of us. Yeah. But uh, it's way anyway. better than sleepless in Seattle. <laughs> Can't believe you remember these quotes from you know. <laughs> I we watched named? It recently. <laughs> really, you have to tell me why. Later. <laughs> like what brought you? To- <laughs> but anyway, notwithstanding, uh, of course, he was the villain in Ghost. Who, speaking of things that scare me, like not scare me, but the first time I saw Ghost when the black shapes like appear and like drag him to hell, uh-huh. I was like, that is creepy as fuck. Yeah. Like that, always like, holy shit, now, now, this was when Ghost came out. I did not watch Ghost yesterday and think that was creepy as fuck, because if you watch Ghost now, that is not a good effect. <laughs> that particular <laughs> effect. It's still creepy, but it's not like, uh, of course, again, at its moment when it came out, the Ghost was what, 90? 90, 91? 90. 90, yeah. So when did it come? Out? July. It was filmed in the 80s, just saying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, but anyway. Uh, and he's also the villain. in far into 1990. Yeah. But I mean,. Still had it. Part of it was filmed in '89. Sure, pre-production for sure was in '89. Yeah, um, I would imagine. Rest in peace, Patrick Swayze. Yeah. By the way, but anyway, uh, most recently because uh, Autumn had never seen *The Last Samurai*, and I fucking love *Last Samurai*. Uh, Edward Zwick's a fantastic director, uh, of course. Um, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Ken Watanabe, yeah. phenomenal in it. And it pretty actually we watched Godzilla King of the Monsters. And I was like, God, I really want to because that movie was so fucking terrible. I hate to admit yeah. it. I was like, I really want to watch a movie that Ken Watanabe was good in. Or a good movie that he was in. He's right. always good. He's a fantastic actor. Like, and I was like, yeah, when he and did he win an Oscar? Oh yeah, I think well I think he won for I think he won for last summer. I'm not 100 percent sure. Or at least nominated. Because that was like his big breakthrough American role, and I think it was his first American role. But he was also like memoirs of a geisha and uh, crouching. What did he crouching? Tiger? Nominated. I'm thinking he was okay. Yeah, now he was nominated for Last Samurai, uh, for Golden Globe and Academy Award. Yeah. But yeah, so that was like his big star-making role. He wasn't in Crouching Tiger. I don't know why I'm thinking that. That was uh, Chad in fact. Right. Uh, but if he's in something, I'm automatically interested because he is he is like a truly great actor. Uh, but anyway, so we watched Last Samurai I was the first time to watch, it, and then like of course Tony Goldwyn like holy shit I forgot the asshole from Ghost was in this too because <laughs> I hadn't seen it in so long, and also the great Billy Connolly shows up in uh, Last Samurai as well, which is always good to see him. And then uh, Ron Palillo was Alan, who voice you heard the first voice you heard when we came back on the air after our long extended vacation. Uh, he is most notably known as Horseshack from Welcome Back, Cotter, which also of course gave us the great John Travolta. Mm. one time great John Travolta one time great <laughs> Let's, I'll, I'll say I'll leave it at that with, with J-Trav <laughs> J-Trav whatever his little nickname is uh, given oh he has a nickname oh I always heard like John Tra or J-Trav like just abbreviated but I've seen it all on I'm not that. into this stuff this is just stuff I've seen I don't know what, how true it is but uh, giving Taylor Swift's award to a drag queen instead of Taylor Swift, still, still, st- don't do not invite John Travolta to award shows. <laughs> what, what did he say? Adina Menzel was something monsoon or something. Uh, or... Uh, Adele Dazeem. Yeah, and then and then like he's at a, he's at the Nickelodeon Awards and he gives the award to a drag queen and not Taylor Swift who won uh, the award. That's funny. Do not inv- oh no, invite him to, to award shows because yeah. I want to see what he's going to do next. Yeah. Hey, there you go. Well, he's got to be he's got to publicize. He's in that film. Directed by Limp Bizkit's Fred Durst, *The Fanatic*, which no is boy, getting man. destroyed on, <laughs> on like in terms of reviews and everything. At least that I've seen. I haven't seen it. I like John I'll, I'll You know, I'll, he does not draw me to a movie, but if he's in something, I'll pay attention to at least what it is. Three point eight right now on IMDb. Director Fred Durst. That's a nice little cover, but man, that does not look like him. He's trying to. I'm trying to be like Walter White or something. The, the fanatic.
0: Draft.
1: Yeah. A rabid film fan stalks his favorite action hero and destroys the star's life. Didn't they do that with uh, De Niro in, in the 90s? Uh, Wesley Snipes, where he's a baseball player, the fan. Yeah. Where he was the obsessive fan. So that's been done before. Yeah. Then you had, uh, what was it? Silverstone. Alicia Silverstone. Her like brief two years where she was super famous. Crush with uh right. the man in black. I remember that. Carrie L.A.'s. Uh, so, I mean, that that's, that, that's a... <laughs> you know oh you wrote it Fred Durst nah you got the idea from whatever and you thought you could make a horror movie out of it or something I don't know you haven't it seen it just a fan he's got a mullet <laughs> he has a something a major mullet and he's like he's <laughs> like this with a mullet that looks like actual like bowl cut style nah whoa that's weird looking is, is he trying? Is he going full retard? I mean, I don't mean <laughs> to quote Dramatic Thunder. I mean, I can't, I'm not hearing this. I haven't seen it, obviously. But I mean, is he trying? I don't know. I've no, all I know is that it's, I heard Fred Durst's new movie starring John Travolta's coming. I was like, what the hell is this? Such typical trailer noise. He got he got that CD, like, you know, trailer music. Right. For free. Here. All the tr- sound effects. I
0: just wanted an autograph.
1: I <laughs> You doing should have given me the autograph You know what <laughs> <laughs>
0: Might be worth watching I'm sure it'll be hilarious Maybe we need to do Since we're, we have cameras now We could do like Reaction videos Live reactions Since apparently people like that Watching other people react <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much I guess, I don't
1: know That's beyond me Uh, Anyway, (laughs) moving on. But uh, anyway, Ron Palillo was also known for getting his ass knocked out by Screech in Celebrity Boxing or something like that. Mm. Uh, Where, you know, Dustin Diamond's an asshole, pretty much. I don't know the guy. So, Dustin, if you happen to be one of our our few listeners and watchers. He's like, oh, (laughs) these guys hate me. But uh, he comes off that way. Whenever you see him interviewed or anything, he just comes off that way. He's like, I'm not like that. But then, nah, you go over there and you're, you're acting like an asshole. But anyway, but then like he beats up this poor old guy's like twice his age and like brags about it. Like, of course you're going to destroy him. <laughs> but uh, and uh, but anyway, Rumpole also does a lot of cartoon voiceover. Uh, so you know he's had some work. But again, most notably, he's Horseshack from Welcome Back, Cotter.
0: Hmm.
1: In fact, when my mom was watching us, watch like when and as a kid watching Friday the Thirteenth Part Six, oh, it's Horseshack, and I don't know what the hell she's talking about. This was before Nick at Night even had the lo- uh, the right stare to Welcome Back, Cotter.
0: Hmm.
1: And then when it did come out, it was more about, oh, look, this is where John Travolta came from. You know, not his mom's vagina, he came from Welcome Back High. Yeah. You know, when you're a kid. This is where they came from. No, that's not where they came from, that's where they made their mark. But anyway, playing the the titular killer character in this one, titular killer in this one, as I nearly mince my words, is CJ Graham. Uh, a lot of people really like his Jason in this. He's a Marine veteran, if I remember his branch of service correctly. So that's why Jason's movements are very like wow. purposeful. So, you know, there's definitely a marked difference in his performance of Jason. Uh, but also, you know, Jason's supposed to be undead for years. His suit is nice and clean. He's got, you know, he's not covered. It shows him covered in maggots, and he gets up, and it's like, oh. It's not so bad. You know, yeah. (laughs) I've been buried for, like, I forget how many years, they say in the beginning. I can't remember. But uh, anyway, that's notwithstanding. I I still love the way he looks in this one. Uh, This is the first one where Jason scared me. Well, no, I'll take it back. Part five in the intro, Jason scared me. Because, again, he had the hollowed-out eyes. They blackened out, blacked-out eyes. Uh, and this one, you know, they go full that route to where, like, you know, you don't see anything really behind the mask till they do the close-ups. What the fuck is that? Oh, this is CJ Graham's pictures, so that could be from another it's, movie. The Freddy Krueger cop. I don't know what that. Yeah. no clue what that's from, but it looks amazing. Whatever it is. This is what. Uh, oh, right. I can't capture that. On them, sorry, <laughs> oh, he looks like. There you go. He looks like Freddy Krueger. Oh, we can see oh, it. Oh, never mind. Sorry, everybody. In our it. podcast listeners. i looking at CJ Graham's pictures. He's like what, in a police doesn't uniform. Doesn't even see what it's from. He has, like, a pentagram on
0: his chest. Yeah. It Cop. doesn't say what it's from. I'm sure it's probably a movie Maybe called Devil Cop his, or something. One of his, like, home photos. I hey, guys, know. we want to take a promotion? was a bit of no, a movie. No, there you go.
1: Oh, look. Actually, look. Highway I to Hell. I it. He plays Sergeant Bedlam, comma, Hell Cop. Hell Cop. Okay, that What year is it? Oh, damn it. It's not an 80s movie. <laughs> Filmed I, with 80s technology, for sure. Um, oh, absolutely. It looked yeah. 80s as fuck. That cover is 80s as fuck. But anyway, yeah. He's also uh, he was in, he, of course, in the music video for Alice Cooper's "Man Behind the Mask," which is a theme, pretty much a theme song for this film, uh, "Highway to Hell," like we just mentioned. And also, speaking of fan films, again, he's in the upcoming fan film, which releases, uh, of course, if you're watching this live, you're watching it on uh, Thursday the 12th. But if you're listening to it on Friday the 13th, Friday the 13th, Vengeance is supposed to be released today, uh, because it is Friday the 13th. And of course, because he's through archival footage, we are graced by the presence of one of the greatest musicians of all time, Corey Feldman, as young Tommy Jarvis. Of course, The Goonies, Friday the 13th, part four, the intro, part five, Lost Boys, Ascension Millennium, the greatest song ever written <laughs> by humans. Still has not been beaten. Ascension so, Millennium, it's been a long time since I started that one. I listened to it just the other day. <laughs> right after watching this movie, like I gotta, I gotta get me some Ascension. And also my wife hates that song so much. Oh, I bet she would after
0: as many times as you've
1: listened to it. I'm not saying that's the reason, but. I'm not going to admit to that being the reason, but I, it is on my phone. I can play it right now on my current playlist if I so choose. it on the screen right now, if you're watching right now on YouTube, youtubecom search That's what he said before. I mean, Corey Feldman gets a, it's such a hard rap. You know, is it is what he's doing great? Oh. No, but I mean, it, it, you don't need to shit on everybody for doing something right. You he's know, trying, yeah. No. You know. a lot more than you're doing. No, I'm kidding.
0: <laughs> I was pointing at the camera.
1: <laughs> that's no funny. one can see that on iTunes. But you know, I mean, it's just, we, we, that's the age we live in. You know? So, I mean, that's just, unfortunately, that's par for the course. Like, me sure, being, yeah. you know, people saying I talk too fast on the iTunes reviews. We love it. Me too. <laughs> it just make <laughs> to talk fast like my machine's got. Yes. Podcast episodes will be half as long because yeah. of you, whatever your name was. No, but c- constructive criticism is always appreciated. Yes, but anyway, so anyway, Jason, uh, Jason Jesse, <laughs> that's when the camera does actually switch over to you and you're wearing the hockey mask and that point yes. on every time I am pretty was Jason instead of Jesse. That's too much work. Have you ever seen Friday the 13th Part 6, Jason Lives? Not to my recollection. And okay. that's kind of the stick around here if this is your first episode. <laughs> yep. So we're falling back into form pretty nicely, like yeah. riding a bike yep. for the most part. Because you didn't have to remind me to say, tell everybody who I was at the beginning. I know. I was almost a, there. I saw you. I was like, <laughs> th- he, <laughs> th- he thinks I'm not going to say. <laughs> no, but that, that's usually when we come back. I always read to introduce myself and Jesse. So he's always like, uh, shouldn't you introduce who you're ta- who you are right now? Like, yeah. Oh, fuck! But anyway, <laughs> Get that. so yeah, uh, it's one of the better ones for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, this isn't too loud, is it? I was going to say
0: try to stay up. so spurred. Mike' purpose absolutely because Mike's, Mike's hanging from the ceiling. You can't and see. And also, him. you altogether. shrink on camera you your way back
1: there. <laughs> I'm just animated. I'm yeah. a cartoon character. I'm not a human. Like stop all I sounded
0: just like this.
1: <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, part six. Now, when we first, the first time we ever did a Friday the 13th episode on the podcast, which I believe, you, <laughs> you feel it. Yeah. You're feeling that Ascension Millennium vibe. I see you looking down there. Millennium. It's really quiet for some reason. That's know okay. It. I just feel like dancing, but uh, I'm not. But anyway, uh, the very first time we did it, I did. I did say on the podcast that seven was my favorite, which seven is now that most people hate seven. Fans say, oh, you like seven? You're there. They, you just turned off the podcast because somebody admitted that at <laughs> one point in their life they thought part seven was the the best. Now I still think part seven is the best in terms of how Jason looked. What uh, was the name of that one? Uh, the New Blood. The new blood. Uh, it was also the first time Kane Hodder took over the role, which of course he played Jason several times uh, in seven, eight, nine, ten. That's chapter. And that was it. In the game, he was a mo- mocap for the game as well. Uh, but I, lo- I love the the cinematography. Excuse me. A lot of the kills in part seven are phenomenal. And as a kid, that was the one that they honestly played the most. So, but then, I mean, pretty much, you know, in the last few years with the resurgence of popularity, largely due to the game and just pretty much just me being old enough to wear, you know, more free time, just where I watch more movies, period. And, you know, revisiting the Friday the 13th series multiple times. Uh, you know, I can say at this point, you know, six in turn, if I had to pick one to watch for the rest of my life, if I only watch one, I would pick part six mm. because honestly, it, it knows what it is. Uh, and that's why I think the genius of Tom McLaughlin for this film or Laughlin I'm not sure there's no C in it I'm not sure if it's Scottish with Laughlin <laughs> uh, but like we talked about with A New Beginning part 5 last time we were talking about these movies is that they tried something new Jason was dead at the end of part 4 that story was over it yeah. was part 5 is Halloween 3 we're moving on uh, which as we talked on that one I think that was a great idea it could again listen to an episode for that but you know uh, it is too much. Therefore, I sum up. I butchered that princess quote, but you get the point. Uh, no, there's no time, so I sum up. Uh, you know, part five, like great idea, not the best execution. Pardon the pun, Jason. Uh, so you know, this, the idea of like everybody thinking it's Jason—is it in his head? Is it not? But then it's not in his head. But it's a impo- an imposter uh, doing the murders. You know, I thought that's a good idea. But of course, just like Halloween three, which now people love Halloween three. At the time, nobody liked Halloween three. That's why we didn't see another that's why we didn't see another Halloween movie until 87. 80, Maybe it was eighty seven when four came out, because four and five came out in the eighties and that was it for uh, our boy Mikey Myers. Uh, so you know, like three technically in in the you know, it's like John Carpenter's thing. They have that meme with Marty McFly from Back to the Future. After you, know, after he plays uh, Johnny Be Good, and the, uh, you guys don't get it, but your kids are gonna love it. It's always like a usual meme that you see tied to the thing. Like you know, it wasn't big when it came out, but now it is revered as a yeah. goddamn masterpiece, as it should be. <laughs> uh, you know, same thing. Halloween Three is the same way these days. Uh, it's looked back at like you know, it did something different. Uh, that's too. For Season of the Witch, and then four was what? Four? 80, 88, 88. Yeah, you're right. Followed immediately in 89 by Halloween Five. So, three killed that franchise. Nothing killed Jason until, you know, pretty much, I guess, going to space, you could say did. Well, no, versus Jason, and then, you know, at that, that point, they figured, you know, they should have literally had Jason jump a shark and then gone to the reboot. Which, honestly, uh, you know, of course, I shit on a lot of modern remakes of horror movies. I haven't revisited the original Friday the Thirteenth remake, but you know, again, all they had to do was just say Friday, you know, Friday the Thirteenth, you know, whatever mm-hmm. or something. They didn't have to say it's a reboot, and it would have, you know, I think that would have eased a lot of stuff because they still had a lot of plot things in that one that were, in my opinion, pretty stupid. But nevertheless, it's a Jason movie. I don't care. Same thing with the fan films. I can't tell you how many horrible Michael Myers, uh, for Halloween fan films I've watched because they're so goddamn funny. First of all, you know, but here. here, here I can I can tell you every Halloween fan film, 99.9 percent of them. Some girl's gonna be walking down the street alone while they play Laurie's theme, and then at some point you're gonna have an over over the shoulder shot like this with her walking in the background, and then and then it's they base it, every Halloween fan film does nothing but rip off shots from existing Halloween movies. That's one reason. Well, I can say while uh, while um. Friday Thirteen, Never Hike Alone was it was actually a unique story. Uh, I can't remember if he's a blogger or whatever, but he's um, uh, one of the you know kind of goes to not a I don't know what you call him, but you have those people that go to abandoned places and film stuff. But he's like he's filming for his channel as he's hiking through this national park. Well, you know it's a national park and it's not allowed because it's actually Camp Crystal Lake, and that's how they keep people out of it. Great idea for a story. It works, so he goes like, "What?" and he's like, "What the hell is this?" And of course, as you're, you already know it's a Friday the Thirteenth fan film. But as he's like, "What's this?" You know, Camp Crystal Lake. Like, you know, there's a few you know, there's references in there, and then of course, Jason appears, and he basically fights Jason. Did you see this one? Which one is that? It's called uh, Friday the Thirteenth: Return to Crystal Lake fan film. Mm-hmm. But uh, funny enough, I've seen this
0: advertised because this was filmed at the Louisiana Renaissance Land. <laughs>
1: I wish I would have known on there filming it. And I'd be like, I'll, be, I'll, be <laughs> there. I'll come help, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, it's about 50 minutes long. So, that's almost a... And see, here's, there's an exact problem like we just saw in that shot. Okay, first of all, this dumbass would have seen him. walk. If we can see it and they're walking in front of us, they can see it. Right. There's no technique. It's just like, <laughs> go watch fucking Halloween. And yeah. he is not where they can see him. Yeah, half the time if it is he's walking like you know or he's just standing still of course you're not going to see it these fan films are like they're right here yeah uh, in the face. and, and yeah. also the editing in fan films is atrocious cinematography They'll, too yeah Now I, I, there are some good not all of them I'm lumping most of them into ones there are good ones there are ones that are so bad they're fucking amazing don't get me wrong uh, there are some that have fan some people I, I get jealous of some like they have a great location and they make this piece of shit yeah it doesn't take much just you know you're watching the film you're copying it but you what you should be doing is seeing why why is this effective right and then do something just a little different if you're doing a fan film if you're doing it for the love of god if you're doing a halloween fan film we don't need to have him in every shot in the background <laughs> he's not in the background every shot of halloween you know he appears when it's needed so you know that he's there the characters don't know you know it's the little it's the genius of john carpenter she goes against the keys to the car. You don't see Michael Myers. She comes back to the car and the windows are foggy because he's in the car breathing. Mm-hmm. And, and exa- her reaction is ex- anybody else's reaction. She wipes the windshield, like, what the, like, why is it? Ugh, she's dead. That is filmmaking. If you're doing a fan film where it's just, you know, now, now of course, <laughs> if you're aesthetic. <laughs> Continue, It oh, looks bad. Yeah, you know, it does. I'm going to go home and watch it, though. I'll tell you that yeah. much. Uh, but anyway, you know, like, again, I love fan films. Keep making them. You are keeping the franchises alive for these beloved franchises that have no have nothing in the pipeline. Right. Halloween's back in full effect. When two sequels coming out, I'm fucking pumped. Uh, yeah. Aside from the Doctor's Zartane plot point in the last one. Loved it. Uh, John Carpenter's coming back to do the score. What more can do? What more do you want? I mean, you know, ho- finally, Mikey Myers is back. In a a big way, not with like, not the way he was back with H2O and then Resurrection. And, you know, that, the second death of the Halloween franchise, followed quickly by the third death. And I say third, I don't consider Halloween 3 a death of it, but it's at the time it killed it. Halloween 3 is revered, like I said, love it to death. Just listen to the Silver Shamrock song and it will knock it out of your head. Makes me want to go watch it now just thinking about it. (laughs) And also because Tom Atkins is one of the greatest actors of all time. And, and you know what it makes sense they would film it there and that's a really good idea because there's a fucking lake yeah so it, may, it makes perfect sense yeah you know and again if we all have most people have smartphones that have pretty damn good cameras on them they have if you have an iPhone you have iMovie for free you can edit it on yeah. your phone you can go camping somewhere get a halfway decent hockey mask some, uh, make some fake blood get some friends and you can have a whole you can make it edit it make the music on GarageBand if you want And upload it on YouTube with a Wi-Fi connection on one simple device. It's crazy. If we were, if I had this thing when I was a fucking in high school, I would have made, I I, I probably would be a a film director right now. Because we had crappy ass, you know, at the time, you know, the micro VHS, Mm -hmm. they weren't called that, but it was the VHS tapes where you had the tiny VHS tape that you would then put in a larger VHS tape, then put in your VCR to watch. Yeah. Alternatively, you could also hook up your camera via the audio/video jacks to your TV and use it as a somewhat of a VCR. You know, so we had to edit all of our home movies, or you know, movies that we made, which I have on a private YouTube channel. I think they're on public. Maybe they are the uh, like the Evil Beavers and all that kind of stuff. It's. Private, for okay. now. yeah, and it's going to stay that way because <laughs> some of my friends don't understand the use of tact in certain language they use, right. we'll especially probably, in 2019. We'll publicize the ones that are appropriate. Appropriate, but yeah, I was watching them yesterday. I was like, unlist.
0: <laughs> We're just going to unlist everything.
1: I oh, appreciate this that. Is, this is too much. Because I knew I knew sir, one particular friend of mine was a huge fan of No Limit Records, but he's a white guy <laughs> and. That did not matter to him. Right. So, you know, not naming names, but it was a different time. Right. And it was, it, in his defense, it was never done derogatorily. However, it's, you cannot do that. Is his name a You're feature not... found in geography? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway. Die, bud. Yeah.
0: Must be a final go. girl because
1: I can't kill it. Come to YouTube, watch uh, Trey you smash bugs. As yes, uh, Jesse, that's your fucking job. You're <laughs> an exterminator. Now, anyway, uh, so I guess enough of the fan film. right? <laughs> got, got, got a little heated there. there no, but no, but seriously, you have a, if if you like these franchises, it takes nothing. It takes half of a half of an ass of an effort to make a fan film these days yeah and now I'll be honest I'm not saying that oh I can oh I could do one better but if I had the time I could go to Spirit Halloween right down the road free plug for Spirit Halloween give me a gift certificate for mention on our super awesome podcast Uh, and buy a hockey mask buy a Michael Myers mask buy a couple things of fake blood get some friends find a, all you <laughs> see, need is a location see we made a fan film yeah look at that and it looked fucking good yeah. thanks to our cinematographer <laughs> slash director Jesse Sedgley so if you're on YouTube
0: right now you're seeing this but on iTunes uh, go check out uh, look up Shy Light Productions on YouTube we just uh, put it on there actually
1: yeah and and you know, I'm I'm not trying to say, oh, I can. I, I, I you know, my friends do stuff better than other people. Like believe me, I, I you know, I'm not trying to say that. There are some great fan films out there, but just because you you know, what is it? A uh, quote from Jurassic Park. Just because you think you could, you could doesn't mean that you should. All right. That applies to some people, but nevertheless, I will watch them on YouTube. I will give you a view. I still love What's it. What you mean, Jesse? Yes, I'm also in that. Actually, well, he, well, no, Justin's not in that. Well, my brother Justin is, but I uh, was thinking yeah. of other people that might have been involved on the podcast. No, We had a great scene where we were talking to each other. <laughs> just, it, uh, life imitates art. I know. There it is. Huh? A cinematic version underneath us, and then this is the normal. Yeah. This is the YouTube version. This is the real YouTube version underneath. <laughs> yeah. We're just, uh, like, dramatically, <laughs> oh, I, swear, I don't know what's happening here. That's right. No, She's but anyway, back, back to... The podcast of us drinking tea. <laughs> For those of y'all who tuned in to listen to Friday the thir- Friday the 13th. Right, six, right. Uh,
0: rants are back.
1: Yeah. I know um, you missed it. I know you, I know some people did. Yeah, what's the uh, other quote, word for it? Not rants. Uh, tangent. Tangents. Tangents are tangent back. Tangent City. Tangent City. <laughs> it tends to happen. It's still on point because it's talking about, it's related to the franchise. Yep. But anyway, uh, part six was not one that was usually played a lot. At least uh, in my neck of the woods in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. You know, USA heavily played one, heavily played two. Seven, uh, you know, three every now and then. But those were, Seven was also one that was I was most familiar with in terms of that. But still, aesthetically, I still think personally, probably Seven and Four are probably, I think, the best, most well done in terms of, you know, the, the, whole, the whole enchilada, to quote D. Or, those damn enchiladas from part mm-hmm. five uh, and everything. But Six, the writing, the idea, the entire, everything about it is probably the best of the series because Tom McLaughlin, Laughlin, and I'm not sure I pronounce it, so I'll just forgive me if I, I'll say five different ways. However, you course. say it's
0: probably fine.
1: Yeah, I'm um, absolutely. I agree. Eh. But anyway, like he knew that. Okay, this is the sixth entry of this franchise, and it had. I have to have Jason back. Thankfully, in my opinion, McLaughlin's a fan of Universal horror and Gothic horror. This film is basically Frankenstein. Mm. How does Jason get come back to life? You know, it's, it's also the first appearance, you know, quote unquote, for comic book terms, of zombie Jason. You know, from one through four, he's supposed to still be a human being who mm. can survive getting hit in the head with axes and everything. Uh, you know, uh, for for whatever reason, in part five, he's not in it. He's a hallucination. The real Jason is, but in this, he comes back. He's animated by lightning, yeah. exactly like Frankenstein. Tommy, I mean, this film is basically an 80s Frankenstein. You know, I was a teenager, or no, I was an 80s Frankenstein. Uh, uh, Tommy Jarvis basically is Dr. Frankenstein. I, I did it, I brought him back, I gotta stop him. Where have we heard this before? Uh, they even have a, car, a Boris Karloff reference, the convenience store that he's parked at is called Karloff Store.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's a direct reference. I mean, the way it's shot near the cemetery with fog, the full moon. All these, you know, not necessarily tropes, but visual cues. Like, McLaughlin, had, he had the idea of, uh, he knew what to do with this franchise at the right time, at the right place, and he did it. I would say, being a writer and director, Rob Zombie, you can learn from this perfectly for the subject matter. He understood it. I mean, it's a metaphor movie. The, you know, they even say, like, the lady in the beginning in The Beetle with uh, Tony Goldwyn, who's actually Tom McLaughlin's wife at that time, You know, they pull up and Jason's sitting there and she's like, I've seen enough horror movies to know that if you see a guy in the woods with a mask on, you just stay away from him. You know, that's meta. Matter of fact, jumping to the trivia a little bit. This movie was pretty much one of the main inspirations for Kevin Williamson when he wrote the most notable meta horror movie and then thus franchise Scream. And to tie it back into this movie, Tom McLaughlin was also offered the chance to direct Scream before Wes Craven, but he turned it down. Oh wow! Big mistake, Tom. <laughs> Big mistake. <laughs> Hindsight's twenty twenty, uh, but then it was a- after he said he didn't want to, he didn't want to direct Scream. He actually that's when after that he turned it down. He met Kevin Williamson. That's when he Williamson told him like, you know, I really wanted you to do Scream because Friday the Thirteenth Part Six, you know, gave me that inspiration of where to take the slasher genre. Because I mean that was, you know, Scream came along at a time where there was you know ninety what was it ninety. 96 scream I'm pretty sure I want to say 96 N- yep yeah, 96 uh you know 96 uh, let's see fr- uh, I mean the slasher was long dead by 96 but then uh, just like Jason this it was dug up given a spectacular rebirth with the first scream not too keen on a lot of the sequels personally all right because they had to live up you know then they had then it became like you have to trump yourself which is typical but at saw, i would say see paranormal activity but i've only seen the first one because that's bullshit uh ghosts are bullshit to me that's not that you know that is a genre of horror but not my uh not coup de gras. that's somewhere uh forte excuse me to keep it in the french vernacular yeah, uh, scream had a 7.2 scream 2 had a 6.1 scream 3
0: Five point five, and, and I think there were there, there were four, right? I'm pretty sure so it was a four in 2011
1: with the six point one. Kind of went up a little bit, but yeah. not much. And that was 2011. Wow, okay, wow. So 96 or 2011. Now, now, if this had been Friday the 13th, there would have been 14 sequels right, in that right. time frame. You know, that's why uh, I want to rule it out. Like one more coming, up, you know, another one. Later. Oh, I'm, oh, I mean, again, nostalgia is strong. Right, it is strong. You know, we have we have surpassed the '80s nostalgia wave. We are in the '90s nostalgia wave. You know, it's probably near the end, uh, but I mean, you know, it's still there. I mean, it's 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 a series. Well, it's in a TV series now, so I mean, that basically yeah revitalized it. But you know, you go back and watch the first Scream, and that's one we watch every year on Halloween because that's one of my wife's favorites. Naturally, because she was a teenager in '96, and Scream was the shit.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: pretty much everybody I know at least called somebody up and said. Do you like scary movies? Yeah, everybody fucking did. It. <laughs> Thankfully, we had that. And that didn't and that, that happen with scary movie. You know, which part two is absolutely my absolute favorite in that series. That is just two.
0: take my strong. You, best No, no, no.
1: <laughs> so he, and he is the best character. In that movie. That, that's why I like part two. is because of him, uh, Chris Elliott. That's yeah. not ma- there's not many movies I can say that Chris Elliott makes it better, but <laughs> Scream Two is. I mean, uh, Scary Movie Two is absolutely one of them. Wow, 5.3. Is Scary Movie Two the one? Is it Leslie Nielsen or James Woods in the beginning? I think it's the third one. Okay. Oh, beginning where they parodied the where Exorcist. He's just, like, pretty much throughout the whole thing, huh? Oh no, I think Leslie Nielsen like ended up being the president or Charles. He's uh, in the background. Okay, of three. In one of I them, say it's uh, three. It was one. There was one movie. I want to say it was James Woods maybe where they parodied the Exorcist. That was two, I think. Okay. That's okay. I'm on the right track then. I'm, I'm remembering correct. I'm not versed. in so many. F- hold, there's five fucking scary <laughs> movies? I thought there was, I thought, you know, I would have thought four. I don't think it was, Jesus Christ. I definitely did not see five or um, maybe not even four. I don't think I've seen four. The last one I saw was like the end of it on television. It was like aliens peeing out of their fingers. Right, that was three. I think. Okay, that's how that's as far as I'm going. Yeah, I was like, okay, I'm done with this. Because if there's any, if Hollywood's anything is predictable, you have Scream come out, then you have I know what you did last summer. You have Urban Legend. Uh you know, there was that wave of, you know, which it, at the time it was fun, but more so than the 80s slashers, the 90s slashers are horribly dated. Uh Wishmaster not necessarily a slasher, but I mean it was it was a horror film, that a ni- a 90s horror film that was terrible. watched it not too long ago and was like, wow, this they, this they I can't believe I ever thought this was at least a decent movie when it came out. And also, Wishmaster, four fucking sequels. <laughs> oh, excuse me, three sequels, four total. Uh, blows my mind. Of course, direct-to-video or direct-to-DVD as they were at that time. But nobody's begging for a Wishmaster reboot because there was a reason it didn't go too far. I forgot Kevin Hart was in this movie, Scary Movie 3. Oh, wow what a baby <laughs> who's the baby oh and the dude from i forget his name but uh anthony anderson yeah i mean such a bit actor i keep Romeo my style like so many yeah. bit parts and then of course now he's big with blackish Fair. which he's great in wait is that he's also hosting like a game show isn't he anthony anderson i thought he was probably i wouldn't put it probably i, would doubt <laughs> yes. it. I mean i don't know yeah. <laughs> i don't have cable all i know is that Jamie fox was hosting some, we, we joked about it the last time we actually recorded he's hosting some game show you know, random yeah, ass game yeah, shows. Uh,
0: the the one by the phone app. What is that? The one, oh uh, it? heads
1: up like or no no no. His is the music app. Oh Shazam! Yeah, Shazam. Shazam. yeah that's, like. that's it. Oh, can you guess it before Shazam? <laughs> oh, you mean the game that we invented in our car on long trips? <laughs> you know, yeah. that you're not somehow is now a complete game show. Well, it's basically uh, name that tune. Pretty much With Shazam. Yeah, and Jamie Fox. Who had probably my least favorite episode of Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee was his episode. To Tell the Truth. That's the Anthony Anderson. And $100,000 Pyramid. Wait. They brought like that, that show back? To Tell the Truth? Yeah. No. no I mean, $100,000 Pyramid. Yeah. Um, wow. I don't have cable. I cut that right. a long time ago. <laughs> so this is... What? They brought back the $100,000 Pyramid? He was there as a player with uh, Michael Strahan as host. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean... Is there really still a market for game shows? I don't know. I'm not in that. Anyway, Friday the yeah. D part six. We're out of it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Dang, you know, gothic horror uh, at, at, at this time. Again, the exact thing that this series needed at this point to, you know, I, I'm really shocked when, I, when we researched and I was listening or reading about it. When, we, and I, when I listened to our part five episode, how we actually discussed it on that one briefly, how five was the last one that kind of outdid its predecessor. And from this point on is, you know, we, you know, uh, monetarily wise, peaked would five and now it's downhill. Whereas this is the most ingenious one. It's poking fun at itself the entire time, practically, while delivering a f- awesome slasher movie. Mm. You know, within. I mean, it's still, if you pay three, if I paid three million dollars for something and made nineteen point four, I'd keep it going too. I mean, that is not a failure. I mean, it made six, you know, like six and a half times its budget. That's. You know, which is why you got seven, which made okay. its budget back and then some and you got eight, et cetera, et cetera, However, at this point on for the series, it became the law of diminishing returns. But nevertheless, part six, if you haven't seen it and you're a fan of the series, then you're not a fan of the series. because You haven't seen the best one. <laughs> and much less you're not a fan of the series unless you've seen them all. So if, if you've never seen a Friday the 13th movie and ever, period, but you know, oh, yeah, Jason, watch part six. That is the best one in terms of, like, you will have a good time watching it. Also, you can watch it with your kids. There's no nudity. The viol- I mean, it's got, it's got some Kano heart rips, and, uh, you know, it does have some bloody violence. But, I mean, if kids these days are watching The Fucking Walking Dead, which, as I've mentioned every time we talk about an 80s horror movie, whatever the tamest episode of The Walking Dead is probably as gory as any of the 80s slashers, for the most part. Now, of course, somebody who has a lot of time on their hands, can go around and say, oh, well, this episode of The Walking Dead had no gore because there were no zombies in it because it was a flashback. Don't be an asshole. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, but anyway, this is, you know, of course, in terms of the best one, uh, you know, speaking in terms of film, I'd say the first one's still kind of the best because, you know, you didn't, at that point, when you watch the first one and you don't know what's happening, it's a complete mystery. Like, who's who did it? Who did it? Mm-hmm. Oh, and also that that trope that ended up happening in the Scream movies, ha-ha, I'm not. Who you thought I was I'm Billy's mother like completely you know could you you know the first scream I didn't see it opening night but you heard like oh it's a mystery it's like you know, who did it who's the killer so I'm watching like hmm mm, yes mm-hmm. oh but how do they get you in scream one there's two right you know uh I never saw the original uh, Murder on the Orient Express never read the book I don't read Agatha Christie I read Stephen King uh not say anything bad about you Agatha Christie Readers, like you're probably old enough to have grandchildren if you're a fan of Agatha Christie. <laughs> just picking, just picking people. Don't throw rocks <laughs> at me. But you know, when I watched Murder on the Orient Express, the remake, which was mm-hmm. fantastic, I was like, oh, so that's where films got that idea that everybody's the killer. Yeah. That's where that came from. Now, did it come from something before? I don't know, but I know it's a, it's an old book. It's an old. Oh, excuse me. It's a remake of an old movie, which is from an even older book. So I was like, oh shit! Like this was a trope that's been around a long time. Yeah, where it's not you know, aha! It, I knew it was the butler. No, it was also the maid and the chef and the cook. Our our uh, master was evil, so we all killed him, etc., etc. Which honestly, if you want to look back at it, it was back to Julius Caesar when Caesar was assassinated. Everybody's did it. That's exactly what everyone's a mind. suspect. Yeah, <laughs> although Brutus uh, got obviously the the most shame since uh, he got called out by Caesar. So there's your Shakespeare <laughs> for you the day.
0: All. <laughs> you did it. You. And two,
1: I can't, write, I can't write one name in my blood. Yeah. Bruh. It's like, hey. <laughs> but anyway, as far as part six goes, a lot of fond memories of watching as a kid. Jay, I, find, I think visually, Jason is scary in this one. Not as scary as part seven. I'd say even as scariest party because a wet and slimy, disgusting, snot, uh, slime covered Jason Voorhees with no eyeballs coming at you in the dark to me it's a little bit more terrifying than a nicely clean, militaristic Jason fresh out of boot camp. Boot camp. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Boot camp. Boob camp, boob camp. What boobs you say? Speaking of boobs, Gosh. I didn't know this till I watched it this time with my handy IMDb app on my phone to look at all the trivia. Not a sponsor, exactly. Although we are open to offers. <laughs> uh, fantastic research tool. There's another free plug. Give me, give me an give us an IMDb <laughs> pro account for free, then yeah. we'll take that. But anyway, uh, in the paintball scene in this film, move on to the trivia now. Obviously, uh, that's not C.J. Graham. And I always saw he looked a little, like, different, like, in this scene, but it never, like, struck me that it might not be him. It turns out it was a production assistant. Uh, Actually, here we go. Uh, Crew member Dan Bradley played Jason on the first day of shooting, which is why Jason's build in the paintball scenes is different. It's also why his eye color changes during the film. Uh, Paramount executives have seen the first day's rushes. They did not like the way this dude looked at Jason, kind of like that Tom Morgan syndrome from Halloween 4. Well, they didn't like the way he fell. So they replaced mm-hmm. him as Michael Myers, uh, which we didn't talk about on a Halloween Four podcast because we haven't done it yet. But we mentioned it on last Friday the Thirteenth when we talked about part five because Tom Morgan played Jason in some of those scenes. Uh, so therefore, they gave CJ Graham the part. But when I read this, I didn't. I was like, okay, I think I remember that. And then when I watched it, I was like, okay, yeah. Uh, but the nickname for that version of Jason, uh, Dan Bradley's, is Bitch Tits Jason right. because there's a, when he gets shot with the paintball, you can clearly see he's wearing clothing that is way too tight. His ass looks great when it shows him walking. But when it shows his tight shirt and also the bullet holes right where nipples would be so the fabric is torn does not help stop the illusion of him in fact having Fight Club style bitch tits. <laughs> so I did not know that so that, was, that gave me a wrinkle in my horror brain about uh, you know something for Part 6 which Yeah, news to me. Anyway, uh, now, of course, Part 5 was a success, which is why we got Part 6. However, not everybody, but most of the fans were like, we want Jason. Bring Jason back. Five sucks because Jason's not in it. Wham, wham, wham. Go home and suck a dick. I don't care. Uh, But anyway, so they did have, they were at first thinking to bring back characters from Part 5 who survived. See, there you go. You can kind of see. A little bit. A little bit. And then the bullet holes right there do not help the case of it not looking like Jason's got little boobies. You know, there's old man boobies, you know, not necessarily bitch tits like Fight Club where Meatloaf literally has bowling balls under his shirt, you know, <laughs> not like full-size boobs. Uh, but, you know, definitely, man, look at that nice ass, Jason. Uh, he must work out. But anyway, uh, pretty much they decided to uh, as when they were writing and working on pre-production in part six, uh, let's just scrap part five, you know, people returning, because then we're, you know, they were just going to kill them off anyway. Spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. Just like they did Alice in uh, part two when they brought her back for that. Uh, so they they did, and people like, oh, why don't you just bring him back? It's also a better story idea to bring back, you know, all you need is Tommy Jarvis. He is the Nancy. He is the Lori Strode of this series. And he's the only, you know, male one. In terms of like not, you know, not that final girl trope because technically in this one there is a final girl with um Megan, you know Jason chain I mean I'm sorry uh, Tommy chains Jason to the bottom of the lake, but then Jason pretty much drowns him, although Tommy lives you know happy ending, mm-hmm. but Megan's the one that when she goes to save Tommy Jason grabs and he takes that uh, she takes the boat motor and just pretty much grinds his face off, face off. off. <laughs> But it, so, you know, so she technically is the final girl in this one. You know, there, this one does have a final girl, but Tommy Jarvis is the protagonist of the, you know, he is the main, you know, if you had to pick one from each series, the main one is Tommy Jarvis and Friday the 13th, just as Nancy is in Nightmare and Lori Strode is, and continues to be in even the new Halloween series, which I was hoping they would either kill her off in the, the current one or, you know, you gotta pass the torch. Like, I'm tired of the Lori Strode plotline. Like, that's done. They've, And we even have multiple timelines of what happened to her in the Halloween franchise, because it's a goddamn choose-your-own-adventure series at this point, depending on where you want to go. But anyway, uh, also, there's some interesting things about Part 6 as well, keeping it in Friday the 13th world. Uh, This is the first time in the series, uh, other than the prologues and flashbacks, where there are actually children at Camp Crystal Lake. Because every other one, it's the counselors are on site prepping the camp and everything. And Jason don't have that to the second they step foot on his property the slashing begins it's also the first and only film in the series including New Line Cinema's 3 Jason films in the 2009 remake to feature absolutely no nudity although there is a sex scene but they're you know it's one of those closed sex scenes like oh I'm, uh, my shirt's on you can't stand on the table my pants are off and there's right. you know like oh yeah this is this is the sex. Sorry, podcast listeners, you're, you're missing this gem of what's happening on YouTube right now. When I might get a band on YouTube. You know, I'm doing some acting. Oh yeah, this is a, this is the part six sex scene as opposed to any of the other ones where the woman will be full topless on top, reverse sure. cowgirl, screaming at the top of her lungs, and then Jason does something barbaric to her. So, so that's why I'm saying like you know this is one that you could show your if your kids watch The Walking Dead and you want to show them a classic slasher, show them this one. Mm-hmm. This is the most TV-friendly one. I mean, again, there's a heart being ripped out, some, and you know, people being bent backwards, some heads being squished, all that cool stuff you love. But again, nowhere near the level of the tamest Walking Dead episode. Um, I thought this was funny. The, pick, uh, the blue pickup truck that Tommy drives is the same truck that Pam actually drives in Part 5, uh, which uh, felt funny because it's the same. You know, it's funny because they keep those vehicles on back lots, and like, oh, we need a vehicle for the you know, production crews use the same vehicles. Oh, we got the vehicle here. We'll just use it for this shot. You you see that in Overboard, it's the same vehicle as in uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Uh, Kurt Russell's truck is the same one. There's a lot of that in movies, but that's, a lot of time that's something that is more so super like, you know, uh, gearheads. Oh, that looks like the truck from Jeepers Creepers, or, you know, that's not like a, you know, I don't know what kind of fucking truck it was. I only know it because I read it. Mm. Now, of course, anytime I see a 1957 Plymouth Fury, I'm like, Christine, Christine's in the movie, (laughs) which, you know, uh, like we talked about in the Little Shop of Horrors episode, The actual Christine is in Little Shop of Horrors, you know, to give another example of a a, a cinematic car being reused. Uh, Although, again, Tommy's blue pickup truck isn't exactly a Hot Wheels-themed movie replica popularity-level vehicle. Uh, Oh, this was great, and this is exactly what I would do, but Tom McLaughlin took home some props from the film, uh, including Jason's headstone and his coffin, and every Halloween he would put them out in his yard as decorations. Hopefully, there's a nice fence where somebody didn't steal it because that, that is a film prop. i mean, like. Follow up, someone hmm. stole it? <laughs> I <I'll laughs> fucking steal it. Yeah. Apparently, uh, thankfully. Not. Uh, so, uh, but specifically, the tombstone sits outside his house, made to look like Jason is buried in his yard, and his casket, which sits in his garage. So, you know, I'm sure he keeps an eye on it because, again, we're talking, this is a pretty prolific film prop, you know. Right. The mask are lost, you know, the masks from the originals are pretty much lost for the most part. But you know, props like that. I mean, props from the originals are hard to come by in terms of props of significance. Yeah. You know, if you want a, if you could have any prop from Halloween, you'd want a Michael Myers mask, which is rotted to near nothing. Sure. Uh, Google it; you can see it. it looks actually looks creepy as fuck because it's like sitting, the jaws like hanging off. I mean, it just looks like spooky, super spooky. Just search a '78 Myers Halloween mask today or something. Some kind of haunted house in Chicago has it because Dick Warlock gave it to him after filming Halloween too. Now, I didn't know this, uh, but if you, some, a lot of people collect masks, you know, like you know, it would be cool to have like, you know, a hockey mask on a, in a pedestal, like in a display next to maybe a really nice Freddy mask or a really nice Michael Myers mask. But uh, if you do collect masks, and uh, you should know this, there it is. That's creepy as fuck. That is creepier than the, you know, the old, oh, sorry. Uh, the, uh, the wrinkle, you know, the weathered Myers mask that they actually used in the, the recent one, which still looks cool. Yeah. But masks don't age that way. Masks don't get wrinkles like an old person. But aesthetically, it looks fucking cool. <laughs> but again, like the way they were, that's and that one on the left is in fact, of course, podcast listeners, I'm sorry you can't see it. But uh, again, just Google it. it I mean, that you can is see it on YouTube. That is terrifying. Like if that was coming at me, I, like I open two doors, two doors open, and I have to go through one of them and fight whatever's in it. I'm not fighting that fucking thing on the left. <laughs> I'm going in the right door. I'm going to die either way. But that thing is that is just that is spooky. That is terrifying. If that you wake up and that's standing over you. Oh, that kind of looks like Michael Myers' dad. <laughs> <laughs> still terrifying. Yeah,
0: still terrifying.
1: <laughs> but anyway. Uh, years after the release, oh, I mentioned this earlier, uh, so I won't repeat it. Crew uh, member, oh, I mentioned that as well. Oh, they actually did want to ask Ted White to come back, uh, the Jason from Part Four, the last time Jason was officially in a movie, because of course he wasn't officially technically in Part Five to come back and be Jason. This and which would have been fantastic. Ted White's probably you know, one of my favorite in terms of acting Jasons, just that like brutality that he carried with it. You know, Kane Hodder's known for, even though know, he's a zombie, but like you know he has that. And he's not making that noise. I am, but you know, just like he's got that motion to him, like that. Where Ted White is just like almost like a great white shark, just like you like you could tell, like he's looking, he's predatory in a sense. Uh, so that would have been great. But you know, CJ Graham again did a great job. Not my personal favorite, Jason, uh, but you know, he had he added his distinct kind of flair to it. There's Ted White today. I think he's like ninety something. Wow! Like he's and he's still kicking. Uh, also, since we actually recorded the last Friday the thirteenth, yeah, uh, sorry. Friday the 13th episode uh, Ted, uh, not Ted White I'm sorry uh, Steve Dash the guy that played the gentleman who played Jason in part 2 did pass away mm-hmm. so uh, we have lost another Jason uh, since recording and that, there was actually not too long ago I say not too long ago but uh, I think it was either a Texas Frightmare or somewhere there was a uh, there's Steve Dash rest in peace Jason for part 2 no matter what Willington Gillette would will like you to think listen to a podcast episode on that for that story or just google it uh, I would prefer you listen to, is that your foot that I just bumped I think it just cat. Ran, ran into your cat, moving my feet. It was pretty solid though. So like that cat's <laughs> got some, yeah, we're on a six foot table. I don't think that's like, going to happen. That's why I was like making uh, sure, like how, how tall are you really? <laughs> stand, got, stand up from behind. I'm gotten taller. <laughs> but anyway, uh, but they did a photo op. There was a photo op not too long ago where it was, I think it was Kane. It was all the living Jasons pretty much, which is most of them, except at that time, Richard uh, Brooker who passed away in costume. Like, Now, it was a stupidly expensive photo op, like a $399 photo op because you had like six Jasons in one photo in costume. Once in a lifetime thing for a horror fan, absolutely steep fucking price. But, I mean, if you have a picture with that, I mean, you have a pretty badass piece of horror movie history that's, you know, personalized with you. Which is pretty great. Uh, actress Carrie Newton later went on to audition for a film entitled Birthday Bash in which a serial killer Ethan goes against a girl with telekinetic powers while auditioning she told the producers hey is this a Friday the 13th? I was already in one of those. She was correct because Birthday Bash was the fake working title for Friday the 13th Part 7. Mm. So then they're like oh you're already in one? Bye." Yeah. <laughs> so she probably could have gotten away with it. And the little girl who keeps having nightmares is called Nancy. It is not a reference to Nightmare on Elm Street McLaughlin just Picked that name because it was named after his uh, the little girl after his wife Nancy McLaughlin, who again was also the girl in the beginning that gets stabbed in the puddle. Fucking. bug. It's a random book. Uh, random task. Uh, yeah. the, um, of course, it made 19 million. Uh, let's see. It was oh okay. Technically, it was the first time a Friday the 13th installment did not gross over 20 million. Mm-hmm. So, which again, it was everything we said was correct, but like kind of the 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 where they wanted it. They expected it to p, pe- or they wanted to get at least twenty million out of it. They got nineteen point four. I mean, are you really going to argue over six hundred thousand yes. when you spent th- when that's you know when you only spent three million? Sure. I mean, it's probably made over that now. Oh yeah. I mean, rentals and yeah, licensing. You got to wonder when they stop counting for this box office stuff. Yeah. yeah. I mean, of course, it's been obviously been re-released on you know all, all yeah. uh, every Friday thirteenth somewhere they do marathons. Yeah. Nowhere here we're not cool enough for that shit. Uh, <laughs> you know so. Anyway, the final scene w- uh, was shot. Uh, oh, the final scene, the, the first scene of the film was a paintball scene. The last one was the RV crashing because uh, pretty much Tom McLaughlin was worried that you know the danger involved the CJ Graham as a stuntman during that scene. You know, you shoot it last in case he gets injured or, or even worse, killed. You still got most of your movie that you can release. <laughs> you know, so Just in that was the last one. And uh, yeah. he was really ner- that was like he was a- he was incredibly nervous about doing it. Uh, in order to keep the film's storyline a secret, the production was given the fake title *Aladdin Sane*, uh, which is a pun. If you're a David Bowie fan, you already know what it means: *Aladdin*, *Aladdin Space Sane*, *Aladdin Sane* is the pun for that album title. Uh, but uh, historically, the previous *Friday the 13th, until they got to part seven with *Birthday Bash*, used David Bowie title uh, song albums or title song titles as pseudonyms for their, you know, kind of like *Blue Harvest* with *Star Wars*. You know, so people wouldn't know, oh, it's the 513th film, and, people, and fans show up and ruin shots and all that fun shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, appropriately enough, at 33 minutes in the movie, look on the table in the girls' cabin, and you will see a copy of Aladdin Sane. Uh, this is the first one in the series which in all the teenage roles are played by young adults, which you can obviously tell. Uh, although, I really don't know if I want teenagers watching my kids who were that young out of camp anyway so i think it's, it, it works for the film because i never once thought all oh, these teenagers are getting killed I'm like, i just thought oh these people who are running this camp are getting killed and not the children you know it's like that never like they don't know you know it's not they don't say like oh they should be teenagers but they're not teen, they're you know there are no i don't think they say anybody's age i can't remember i was not paying attention but i mean nobody's i don't think meant to be a teenager necessarily mm. in this film now you could say oh there's supposed to be 19 and 18 year olds but i mean they just like the first one you, know, you have to have some adult there in charge. A 19-year-old doesn't run a summer camp. Yeah. There might be some in the world. Don't yes. get me wrong. If you're the one person listening that has that. You're very mature. Yes, for your age. You're a rarity. <laughs> you're a rarity. Uh, this is the only time in cinema. This is very specific. So this is why it gets the tag of the only time in cinema history uh, that a recurring protagonist, Tommy Jarvis, is played by a different actor in three consecutive films, mm-hmm. which that's happened before. But in three consecutive years, Oh. so that last bit is what gets it the honorable uh, first time in cinema, only time hmm. in cinematic history. Can you think of another one? Top of your head? Not uh, not for uh, three not consecutive different- years, but consecutive, or even just in a single series. Well, in a, well, I mean, well, see, they say well. well the trickiest too. It's also protagonist because. until Kane Hodder it was a different Jason actor in every single one fair but I mean also we're talking about somebody under uh, an appliance you know so that that uh, that obviously doesn't count Uh, let's see I'm thinking of movies where James Bond comes to mind but everybody but I mean you had a run now the only time that might apply it wouldn't have been consecutive years but you had but you had where Sean Connery did I can't remember I think his last one was I can't remember I just watched all these too I don't remember uh, Sean Connery did his well, his first last one before he came back. And then you had George Lazenby, and then you had uh, Roger Moore. So you had three different actors consecutively play James Bond. But I'm pretty sure that wasn't, you know, back, you know, 68, 70. 69, 70. 71. So, yeah. And that's why that three consecutive year yeah. tag comes in for that. But still, good pull. I was seeing if you could do it. I was challenging you. Yeah, fan <laughs> <bad>. Only <laughs> because George Lazenby did exactly. play Bond once. It was safe. Still got to think, it think of it. Uh, but I mean, I try to think of another one. Like, what? Well, what's a famous cinematic character? Exactly. You know, you have Superman, but that wasn't. Oh wait, Superman. You had Superman 4, the Quest for Peace with Christopher Reeve. Then you had right. Superman Returns with Brandon Ralph. Then you had Henry Cavill. But again, we're talking ten Huge year. span da- you know, there. So the, the again, the consecutive year thing yeah, is what Batman is the, all... did the same thing. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, exactly. Yeah. One, again, not consecutive year. That's the one kavat that makes this. A little bit of trivia like right, that's right. that's to me that's irrelevant and that's like sure that's added that's that one piece of specificity to get you that title of the only time in cinema history if so. you can think of one post it in the comments below yeah. on YouTube if you're watching this on iTunes that's, leave a n- that's not you know a, a superhero like a, a you know that's the, that's the trick is like what no yeah, see, I mean, you have to go big for franchises. Like, you know, yeah. trilogies tend to have the same character. The Matrix almost would qualify, except the uh, old lady that replaced uh, the Oracle that passed away. They did get the same way. You know, the second lady didn't pass away too, so that was only two. That one that didn't get the, the three, and those were almost consecutive. So, I mean, again, people who play Jason, uh, that doesn't count. You know, that is an antagonist for this particular specificity. Specificity. Blah 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 of that. So anyway, so yeah, like Jesse said, let us know if y'all can think of any. Yep. Uh, although the entire premise of the film is that Jason is resurrected from his grave in the previous film, Part Five, it's mentioned that he was cremated. Oh. so <laughs> they should <laughs> open it up. There's the urn. Stick in the thing, <laughs> or, or he rubs the urn. Yeah. Will Smith comes out as Jason. Hey,
0: hey.
1: <laughs> da da da! I'll kill kill kill! Ma ma. <laughs> You ain't never had a slashy like me. Did you see that movie? Yes. Thoughts? Let's get to that oh, in the okay. Back to the Future gotcha, segment. Gotcha, gotcha. Spoiler alert. Oh. I liked it. Spoiler. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, writer-director Tom McLaughlin decided that Jason would not harm children. Because, I mean, there's a, there's a great scene as freaky as fuck to me as a kid watching it. Where the little girl's sitting there and Jason's standing over her in bed terrifying but he slowly leans over just staring at her great great you know reverse angle you know the girl praying in the sleep like scared to death cut to jason just getting closer and closer and then of course he hears the noise jason leaves but mclaughlin uh in his jason verse says this is you know he his argument is jason doesn't kill children because he what you know he is a child in his mind like from when you know so you know He's still a mass murderer. I don't think that necessarily plays into it, but I understand your reasoning, and because we're talking about somebody who just got resurrected by lightning bolt, I'll accept it. I mean, and that, that's normal because, you know, serial killers have a type. So, that you know, it, you know, it makes sense that he, he kills these trespassers, these teenagers that are breaking the rules. You gotta know the rules uh, in the film. So, you know, that's not a big deal to me. Is that this part of the movie? Yeah, when he, like, that, that to me is terrifying. Like, waking up, like, and as a kid watching this on USA, Mm -hmm. up all night, you know, thankfully we cut to Ronda Shearer for commercial shortly after this to (laughs) make me excited and happy and forget about this nightmare fuel right there, you know. But anyway, uh, the the knife that uh, Jason uses in the RV to kill Court with, where he stabs him in the head, after the great bathroom kill, where he shoves the girl's head through the uh, RV side, and it does the Ernest Scared, oh, not Ernest Scared, stupid, Ernest goes to camp where he gets the tray on his face. Where they slam the lunch tray and he's like, Woo! and you see the imprint of his hat and his face <laughs> on the back of the lunch tray. Uh, similar kind of effect, like that vacuum form kind of effect of her, like, Ugh! and she smashes her head through the side of it. Great kill. on when we I think when we did all the part threes and we did the top 10 kills for each franchise, that was one of them. Uh, my top 10 list for Jason for sure still is. Uh, but anyway, the knife, the exact, the type, I'm not sure if it's the exact prop from the movie, but it's the same, excuse me, type of knife uh, from Rambo First Blood Part 2 the Black Bowie, excuse me, black Bowie knife.
0: Hmm.
1: So, again, was that intentional? This is 86. First Blood Part 2 came out, and I'm pretty sure in 86, if I remember correctly, you know, it's a big deal. So, you know, a, as a kid, I wanted a Rambo knife. Everybody wanted a Rambo knife. You unscrew the back, you take all the survival stuff out of it. If you ever get lost in the woods, pursued by a sheriff, and you didn't draw First Blood, they did First Blood. <laughs> now, that was, I was not trying to imitate, I was just trying to quote. I can do a better stallone than that. Uh, Anyway, also, uh, I didn't say it was good, I just said it was better than with that first one I did. Uh, There was actually ultimately three endings shot for the film, two of which were not included on any of the DVD releases. In one ending, Jason's mask floats to the surface of Crystal Lake, having become detached during his struggle with Megan. In another, Deputy Cologne was seen trying to reach the jail cell keys abruptly after being locked in by Tommy and Megan. The door to police. The door to the police station opens, and the film abruptly ends, indicating Jason had managed to get free. Which, you know, uh, well, of course you haven't seen it. But at one scene, they lock one to get Tommy out of jail. They lock they lock one of the deputies in the jail and throw the keys. You know, he can't reach him So that would make no sense, unless you showed Jason. Like I would not assume it was Jason. Why would he go for that deputy? There's no logic to that. Uh, but anyway, so they the producers dislike both of them. So that's why they have the one where it just, you know, shows Jason floating iconically underwater, chained to the rock, up above his eye, and it opens. Da, da, da. Jesse, I know you haven't seen it. Would there you is. like to place your bets for a body count? Body count. Well I've been Body Count. Going through it. Body count. Body count. Eleven. Body count. Price is right rules, you would you might have won depending on what the other contestants said, but <laughs> sure. you, didn't, you didn't go over. Uh, eighteen. Okay. Uh, score wise, I'd give it nine hockey masks.
0: Nine hockey this, masks.
1: This is my favorite. This again, like I said, if, if somebody said, "Okay, you only pick one of each franchise to watch ever again," easy for me. Halloween one, Nightmare three, Friday Thirteenth part six. Wow, no question. I, now, of course, I would. What I miss seeing part four of Friday Thirteenth, absolutely. What I miss yeah. part three of Halloween, part two of Halloween. Yeah, what I miss the other nightmares. Yeah, Robert England is fantastic. But if I had to pick, like you know pick the best of each one that's the one i would that's the ones i would pick mm-hmm. like, yeah absolutely and, and if you haven't seen any of them i would hope that you've seen the first halloween yep. iconic uh and nightmare you know nightmare three get you know that what freddy became is what nightmare three started in the first two nightmare on Elm Streets, he's terrifying more so in part two uh but three is where you get what the, you know people tend to call mtv freddy where he's making the jokes and taunting him toward you know Verbally be abusing them as he's killing them, you know that's where you get that stereotypical Freddy that became the cultural icon. Yeah. Halloween, of course, is like a, oh, i mentioned, you know an, an untouchable genre film, masterfully made. Halloween, uh, Friday the 13th Part Six sums up everything of the genre in the 80s in one film. It's funny. It's hor- horrific. You know, it's it it perfectly meshes genres. It's well done, well shot, well acted, well scored. Alice Cooper does the end song. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, you still got Harry Manfredini's score popping up. up. Mm. Uh, Fantastic, highest possible recommendation. You know, in terms of this franchise, it's a ten. You know, but in terms of like, you know, you know, for our rating, we don't normally give hockey masks for anybody tuning in or listening for the first time. We just give it out a score out of ten. Oh, in hindsight, we probably should have done a score out of 80 to be more thematic, <laughs> but maybe for 90s revisited, we'll do that. <laughs> if it ever gets to that point, that is, before I'm dead. <laughs> uh, a long any, way to go. Yeah, long way. Well, until we have to start doing movies that are just, like, crap, 80, like, literal crap, like, stuff that Joe Bob Briggs or Mystery Science Theater does, Right. then that's when it's time to move on. It's, so. But, I mean, we still got to, there's plenty to choose from. Uh or, or i have to start doing all these, like, you know, high-strung, best-picture-quality films of, you know, English oh, right. people talking. Like, you know, when we start doing know, Last Emperor know. or stuff like that, you know, uh, we'll probably bow out a little bit to go more to my wheelhouse of mm. sci-fi horror and action. But anyway, in the real world, again, this came out August 1st, 1986. Nothing significant happened that day in terms of world <laughs> history. If that's your birthday, happy birthday. That's very significant. Let us know. We'll use that if this ever, date ever comes up again. Uh, however, on August 6th, to tie it to our good friend in Tasmania, Ben, Tasmanian Devil Wyatt, who of course is Australian adjacent, so to speak, in Tasmania, just picking Ben. Uh, Australian Democrat leader Don Chip retires from federal parliament and is succeeded by Janine Haynes, the first woman to lead a political party in Australia. Good job, Janine. Or uh, Jane.
0: <laughs>
1: just kidding, didn't want to video. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so yeah. In, uh, That pretty much does it for all the fun, you know, that kind of stuff. Now this is our segment we like to call Back to the Future, where now we talk about all the modern stuff, like Aladdin. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen The Lion King, so I've seen seen all the live-action Disney remakes, aside from The Lion King. Aladdin was by far the best one. Hmm. Have you seen it? I haven't. I would... What I am, you know, uh, like with uh, Beauty and the Beast, you know, or even The Lion King, which is not live-action, there's one live-action shot in that movie. Everything else is CG. That's not why that's my question why I know why because you're going to make a shit ton of fucking money (laughs) I don't blame you on that but uh, I think Will Smith you know you're in the shadow of Robin Williams and that's a big fucking shadow Mm -hmm. and there's there's parts that are you know you know a little bit's pulled from it but he I think he really does a good job of kind of making it his own to where like you know I don't need to I don't need to compare him. I'm not sitting there thinking like I wish Robin Williams was in this Right. Robin, you know, of course, I do because I miss Robin Williams because he's yeah. a comedic genius. You know he's not going to be. Yeah. And it, and if they did, <laughs> somehow, <laughs> you know it wouldn't be authentic. Do a deep fake Aladdin remake totally. with uh, Robin Williams. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, Jasmine, oh, Jesus Christ. I told Audrey I found the second most beautiful woman in the world <laughs> uh, when she came on screen. But uh, Sorry, I, I know. I keep leaning back in the chair. Uh, there you go. But yeah. Uh, I should have known I should have known that was that existed in the internet the these days yeah but uh, you know all like all the original like CG footage you know they did clean it up a bit uh, they did it, they did a good job with it the guy that played Aladdin look you know he, he kind of copied or imitated the cartoon a little more uh, a lot more than Will Smith did but uh, honestly my if I if I would have said I would say it was really really good but Jafar was a complete pansy. Mm. It's like, ah, yes, Aladdin, like, he was not menacing, he was not threatening. Your villain has to be more interesting than your protagonist. Jafar ah, Jafar, like, it was, there was no scenery to, like, you know, you needed an Alan Rickman, John Travolta, Nicolas Cage kind of performance for that role, like, I had to be afraid, like, fearing for these protagonists. That's why Disney villains are so great. That's why in the cartoon of Sleeping Beauty, Maleficent is terrifying. That's why I mean, the Evil Queen is trying. She's trying to kill Snow White, and she's she is beautiful, but she has that, you know. It's e you know she is evil, and it's you know it's of course it's voice acting in an animated cartoon, but that accentuates you know they have they have a more a more difficult job because they have to accentuate that through their voice and everything you know. So honestly, that's know, only complaint with it. Uh, Guy Ritchie directed it. Strangely enough, Guy Ritchie. Wow. Directs you know, which again, visually fantastic. Uh, but again, just I wish Jafar was not quite, you know. He should. I wish he, I wish the villain would have been better cast. Uh, I'm not sure who you could say. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Uh, when in doubt, go with Michael Shannon for all I care, because <laughs> you know he's going to be a good villain. <laughs>
0: you
1: know, I mean, it's impossible for him not to be threatening when he's on, even when he's a good guy, uh, like in in Mud. Like he's, a, you know, he's a good character, and that do not fits the terrain. Oh, he does oh, oh, absolutely, he does not. Uh, Oh, I just had one in my mind, but I forgot. I'm trying to think of his name. When uh, also, actually, when in doubt, go Mark Strong as well. That's another go-to. Uh, uh, of course, he was in Shazam, which is another one I saw. Which that was a good. Oh, it, it was fun. I was entertained. Yeah. It was silly. I saw it. But it was entertaining. I would much rather Mark Strong have been Black Adam, although we know the rocks, you know, getting lined up to do that, which is fantastic. What about uh, that dude from uh, Scorpion King? You mean The Rock? <laughs> no, the other one. I don't remember anybody <laughs> from that movie except <laughs> Kelly, Hugh, and The Rock. Uh, the Oh, w- guy. wait. Hold on. I th- uh, is it the same guy? Oh, uh, Samo- the Samoan actor. Uh, no, I'm probably remember. way off. No. Or maybe I'm thinking of just The Mummy. Who from... Oh. oh I uh, guy from The Mummy. Like the, you mean uh, Arnold Vosloo? Or that who also played Darkman in the sequel to Darkman? Yeah. <laughs> But most notably, Arnold Vosley was always a good actor to me because he was pick and hard target. The best goddamn Jean-Claude Van Damme film. Good right, Van Damme month for that. My, my take on that. I forgot film. that movie even happened. The Mommy movie, the Tom Cruise one. It was, you know, it was worth a, it was worth a watch. A watch. You're yeah, that's up. what I was thinking of. Yeah, and so like, far. I mean, he, he can be again. He's old, but again, I, yeah. I, I respect that they wanted to cast authentic actors. Well, why does have to be young? You know, you
0: know
1: that, that is true. I mean, well, again, yeah. I mean, but they went for that young, hip cast of characters. You know, with yeah. you know, of course Aladdin and Jasmine, obviously, but you know, they kept it. You know, as they are doing with these reboots. You know, they're keeping it. You know, young and hip and you know, cool and all that. So cool. At least that's what I think they're trying to do. I don't know, but then because it's been nearly a year and I can't possibly remember. Everything that I've seen since then, I'm going through I'm, <laughs> the wiki of 2019 films. Oh uh, Escape Room, garbage, uh, Glass. I fucking loved Glass. I know a lot of people did not like it. I thought it was. I think uh, Unbreakable, Split, and Glass. Yet, I want
0: to see it though. I
1: think it's a. I think it's a great trilogy. Personally, I think it's it's when you know the Marvel movies. Love them. I love every one of them. Loved Endgame, all that kind of stuff. But. You know, it, they're like these 80s slasher movies. It, it's the same movie that we're seeing over and over with just different parts. Which again, I don't. I'm not saying that's wrong, but Glass is the, that trilogy is a unique and I think fantastic superhero trilogy. You know, at the end of Split, when he's like, "Mr. Glass," I'm like, "Holy shit." Mm-hmm. I thought, and I thought that was it and then all of a sudden like he's making one where he's combining like holy you know it's this Shyamalan cinematic universe yeah. of his good movies Shyamalan universe Shyamalan universe. <laughs> hashtag Shyamalan universe but yeah Glass I you know, I, I know a lot of people didn't like it didn't like the ending etc I thought I thought it ended perfectly for what for the story like because un- what Unbreakable did was it told a realistic idea of a superhero mm-hmm. like and it's you know it did Unbreakable, it's not over the top. You know, it's a superhero movie, but it's, it's really realistic. Split was dealt with very real issues in terms of, you know, not somebody actually turning into a beat, you know, you know, that kind of thing. But I mean, it was in you know, a McAvoy, for the love of God. Get, why, why does he not have multiple Oscars already?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But anyway, uh, but Glass, like, com- you know, combining those two into that and where it went, I thought it was great. I think it's a absolutely fantastic trilogy. Well acted, well directed, well written. Uh, when, uh, the, the, first, the first thing I thought about Glass too, his son, the, the, the actor that played his son in Unbreakable is, is his son in Glass. Huh. So it's like, you know, it's one of those movie universes where when you watch Unbreakable, then you watch Split, which came out however many years later. And then of course, uh, Glass just came out last year, this year, you know, it's cohesive because you're seeing the same people. Playing those characters at that age, and it's 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 great. Samuel kills it as always. You know, I like this is a Samuel I like the reserved mm-hmm. Samuel, not not these motherfucking snakes on this motherfucking plane. Or I'm Nick Fury, I'm gonna get the Avengers on them. <laughs> you know I mean? Like this is this is you know because pe- you know a lot of people think you know I mean, you know Seth, Seth Rogen's pretty one dimensional. You know, I'm gonna do this role. i want to try to do something. Samuel he does himself a lot, you know, but. The, motherf- the motherfucker can act. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, I mean, of, co- of course he can act. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, he he has range. He's not just, you know, when he he's not that Tarantino character. Yeah, that he's, you know, he is in pop culture, which which is why you have snakes on a motherfucking plane because you know, that, that movie is birthed from Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. his 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 uh, fake persona, so to speak. But he's phenomenal in Glass uh let's see shout out to clint watching us live on youtube hey clint uh, we're going over his movies that he watched in 2019 because we ca- got a lot to catch up to, uh, yeah lego <laughs> movie to part two the second part worth a watch did you see that one lego movie part two i did the uh version uh alternate version of everything is awesome nearly brought you to my that was a great moment in that movie <laughs> Totally unexpected when, when you know. Everything is. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. It was great. Like I, I love when you can transpose something like that. When somebody effectively, yeah. tra- actually attempts to transpose something and does it to effect. Right. Unlike the latest Liam Neeson revenge thriller, Cold Pursuit. Cold Pursuit. Uh, okay, I didn't know it was a comedy, but it's pretty <laughs> much it's pretty much a comedy. Like, the trailer does not make you think that it's, like, what it is, but it's pretty... It doesn't take itself seriously. Huh. It's... it's Okay, comedy's the wrong word. It's a quirky action film. It's, you know, revenge movie. It's not... The trailer makes it look like it's another Taken. It's... Which it basically is, but then it kind of gets, you know, just kind of silly. Really silly. Uh, Crack jokes a lot? I mean, just, like, uh, like Fargo-ish. In that sense, if you know what I mean. Oh, okay. A if that dark makes humor. Sense. Yeah, if that makes sense. Uh, Lords of Chaos, recommend, great film. It's the one about, uh, what's the band's name? I forget, uh, the black metal Norwegian band that burned the churches. The whole black metal Norwegian scene. Uh, da- dark Throne, no, not da- dark, 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 dark Throne. I forget the name of it. Um, uh, anyway. Um, Norwegian black metal. It's, there's a particular band yeah, that follows. I can't think of the name yeah, of it. I did say the name of it. Anyway, but I recommend it. It's a great mayhem. Mayhem. That's it. Okay. Uh, also, Wikipedia, the band Mayhem, to get the real story, it's fucked up. Mm-hmm. But the movie's good. And actually, from, again, from what I've read on Wikipedia, it's, like, they do, a, you know, it's one of those based on a true story films that, you know, is pretty close to the source material. Yeah. From what I understand. And there's also a great documentary about Norwegian blackmail. I think it's on either Amazon or Netflix. Uh, but it's worth watching after you watch that to see, like, the real picture mm-hmm. of, like, the dude that was in jail after everything that happened. Uh, Alita Battle Angel I loved it let I me mean, phrase that I liked it let me, let me step back I liked it I liked the anime better or the, the cartoon better uh, but it was it was worth a watch for sure uh, Fighting With My Family the one with The Rock and about Paige
0: yeah
1: uh, what'd you think of that it was all right. you know, it was worth it was funny I, it, again worth a watch all these movies I forgot came out I know, me too that's why <laughs> I, what I like, like I need to watch that because normally watch. between our, our podcast back in the day like you know, something would come out so we know sure. what we just watched but it's been too a little long. while <laughs> nine months it's been a little while Could've had another baby that time afraid. We didn't. Uh, Greta, the that was that kind of thriller movie with uh, Chloe Mort's Grace. Uh, nothing nothing new, but well done. Uh, if, you know, it's uh, I like her as an actress. I think she's, you know, she's got some good range. Uh, of course, Captain Marvel. Wait, Captain we haven't podcasted since Captain Marvel? <laughs> wow. Yeah, Captain Marvel. I'm not gonna say I loved it. But I mean, it was it was a Marvel movie. It be, it's a mid-tier Marvel movie in terms of like this. Okay, here's my problem with Captain Marvel. They played too many licensed music, licensed too much licensed music during scenes when the score for that film was fantastic. Mm. I, and I'm, I, well, if you're listening to the podcast, everybody knows I'm a, I'm a score junkie. The score for that film was probably one of the best Marvel scores. Mm. But they they use it in a couple scenes, and then every fight scene, licensed ninety song, licensed ninety song. Now, of course, I know why they played I'm Just a Girl in that last fight scene. I know why they did it. I haven't seen it. Okay. <laughs> but it's a, it, that's not a song that screams action fight scene, no matter if it's a male or a female. Ripley did not fight the alien queen. Went... <laughs> you know, it, it didn't... I, again, I know why they did it. It didn't fit. Right. But again, I'm not the director. It's not my choice. But this, I wish they would have relied more on the score for the film. Because licensed music that I didn't see that. License music takes me out of stuff. I mean, Suicide Squad. In the first five minutes of Suicide Squad, you hear like 18 licensed songs. I'm already like, this is dumb. This is dumb. This is dumb. Hire a fucking <laughs> composer. Get Brian Tyler on this shit. Uh, in fact, a good score can make a horrible movie worth watching. Case in point, by the worst film I've seen this year, Dark Phoenix. Absolute shit. Why really? Do people, yeah. Why do people think Sophie Turner can act? She can't. She's great at Game of Thrones, love you to death, and that's Sophie. But just like mother, f- when when they okay, for example, with the big Marvel conference that came out where they said, "Oh, we're doing Moon Knight series, we're doing the Eternals, we're doing all these," they laid out the next phase of the cinematic universe. A couple of days later, oh, uh, not, uh, Kit Harrington's joining the cinematic universe. I'm like, oh God, please do not be Moon Knight, do not be a like a, a be a supporting character or somebody. <laughs> because again, I've said this on the podcast before. Unless yeah, you're sure Peter I'm. Dinklage. Unless you're um, Lena Headley. Uh, now, again, not, I'm not talking every cast member in Game of Thrones. The younger cast members. Jon Snow, uh, Sansa. Every time these people have been to movies that are not, or things that are not Game of Thrones, their performances have sucked. Prove me fucking wrong. Name something other than Game of Thrones that Kit Harrington's good in. Pompey? Wrong. Silent Hill? <laughs> wrong. No. Amelia Clark. Terminator Genesis, go fuck yourself. No. I, would, I wish I was wrong. Because they are phenomenal in that TV show. But Sophie Turner is the is horrible, like a horrible actress. The dialogue in Dark Phoenix is laughable. You, I know you don't drink Jesse. You should get a so, something, get your favorite drink that you like to drink and just sit and watch that movie. The dialogue and the pacing, which blows my mind because you got Fosbender, you got McAvoy, you got uh, Nicholas Holt you got three of my currently favorite working actors in a film, and it is garbage. Wow. Uh, I've heard people go both ways, though. Like, lately on Facebook, there's been a trend of people saying it's not as bad as they said. No, it is. I I fucking love X-Men. Right. I recently read, if you're a comic book fan, read uh, House of X number four. It has one of the best moments in X-Men history in it. Made me want to almost cry reading a fucking comic book as a 39-year-old man. That's fucking powerful. This movie is absolute shit. And here's the bottom line: don't try to adapt Dark Phoenix, that saga, to anything. I mean, excuse me. I'm sorry. To a movie, because the cartoon fucking owned it. Yeah. The uh, the uh, the X X three. Yeah. Shit on a uh, shit on the face of comic book fans with that one. Uh, this Dark Phoenix movie. You you know. That's something you do, like, if you're in a cinematic universe when you bring X-Men in, that's something you do in, like, phase four. Mm -hmm. Because that, excuse me, that is, you know, Dark Phoenix is world ending. Right. That is Thanos level extinction. not Thanos level, since he was going to literally eliminate every piece of life in the universe. But Dark Phoenix is, like, is literally, like, uh, you know, that uh, aside from Avengers, you know, that's that's the X-Men Thanos. I mean, that's, you know, and it's their friend who's possessed by this force. Dark right. Phoenix is one of the most iconic comic book series in any universe. And, to, again, when you have these people, and uh, Jennifer Lawrence, I know you don't like wearing the Mystique makeup, your performance proves it. <laughs> like, and you want an Oscar? <laughs> you, if you, you want to see the definition of a dialed-in performance, no, Gene, don't do it. You're an X-Man. <laughs> I can't control it. I mean, wooden fucking dialogue all over this movie. Horrible. Again, like... Bad. Everything's like you can tell McAvoy and Fosman are are doing what they can, but you got bad direction that make even make actors of their caliber look bad. Like I mean, Dark Phoenix is shit. You know, I didn't think they could get worse from X Men Apocalypse. I'd rather watch X Men Apocalypse twice than Dark Phoenix once. There's not even there's 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 some cool moments in Apocalypse, like the last fight scene. Magneto finally gets his you know his magnetic. Energy ball, like there's cool things in it that you know I don't want to mind watching again. Uh, I mean, this is just shit. There's hardly any action. What are the? Here's what the X Men movies. This is exactly what the X Men movies rely on now. That token fucking Quicksilver scene, which yeah. the Quicksilver scene in this movie is a direct ripoff of the Flash scene in Justice League. Oh wow! Where uh, and I say in the Another in term- movie I haven't seen yet. <laughs> it's worth watching for the flash scene with Superman that's all I'm gonna say watch it for that scene that scene was genius spoiler alert (laughs) (laughs) right here (laughs) because now it is no secret that she wanted out of this franchise for a long time sure but they wait till the last one to kill her (laughs) off (laughs) it's actually like fuck you Jennifer (laughs) Lawrence Uh, so Mm -hmm. uh, yeah absolute garbage us fantastic I loved us Uh, Jordan Peele's uh, follow up to uh, get out Right. Uh, Dumbo, garbage, skip it. Even the great Colin Farrell, in my opinion, uh, couldn't salvage that one. Or, or Danny DeVito. That's where you take an idea and you put too much story into it mm-hmm. that didn't need it. A movie about a flying elephant goes where that goes. No, I mean, it, dumb. Dumb is right. Dumbo. I mentioned Shazam, worth watching. Oh, okay, here we go. Pet Cemetery. Again, we know my feelings of horror movie remakes. Uh, good friend of the podcast and uh, Facebook friend as well, Roger Russell. He, he really liked it. I did not like it. Again, there's a lot of CG in it. There are some great moments in it, but they... It just... I don't know. It, and is, was the original better? Yes. I don't want to sound like that person that automatically says that, but mm-hmm. it was. I'm not saying the acting was better in the first one. I had... When they said they cast uh, John Lithgow as Judd, I was like, oh, that is that is actually really good casting. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, not Dale Midkiff, that's the guy from the first one. But Jason is- Jason, No, Jason Clark. In this one. I like him. He's a good actor. He unfortunately gets put in a lot of shit movies. Terminator Genesis, uh, But he's a great actor. Uh, to me, I think... I like... Again, I praise the idea of trying something new. But as I'm watching Pitt, the remake of Pitt Center, I'm like, okay. I see exactly where this is going. This is a fake out. This is what they're doing. Uh, so, okay. I don't want to talk... I not going to talk about it. Because uh, uh, I'm not going to reveal, like... Ooh, the twist. All right. Or whatever. Because that... Just if, if you like, you, it's worth watching if you like the original just to see. It's not, it is not a, you know, the thing type remake. I'm, I'm, now this is one where it's really divisive. Some a lot of people I see online, you know, it's kind of like one of those 50 50 kind of things. Half the people really love what they did with it, other half don't like it. It's not because I love the first one so much, it's just the first one was spooky, was creepy, was terrifying, and it didn't use CG. There. For shit. Because, again, nothing CG is scary. And when I say CG in this one, I'm talking like, you know, there's some enhanced, like, CG-type stuff. I'm not saying, like, a whole bunch of stuff in CG. The Pascal character is completely, like, almost disregarded in that one. etc., etc. et cetera. Anyway. <laughs> uh, let's see. Hellboy, the David Harbour Hellboy. Missed opportunity. Of course, everybody loves David Harbour because of uh, Hopper from Stranger Things. Which, Stranger Things Season 3, fucking fire. Yeah. Did you watch did it? did you see that. Uh... And just so you know, just just what we can clarify, the Never ending Story has been on my current playlist since I've had a fucking iPhone. So, I'm just saying, because it's all cool now. Oh, Never ending Story, Never Ending. Bitch, I was singing that shit in the 80s. Like, that's because that, that's who Stranger Things is really for. Now, it's of course, it's for everybody. You know, I'm not trying to sound like a crotchety old man, but, you know, when that scene happened, I was like, I did that, you know, I wasn't saving the world singing it, but every kid that grew up in the 80s when they w- would sing, go around singing Never Ending Story. Yeah. M- most of you did. And you know what I'm talking about. When that scene came up, I was just like, I had the biggest fucking grin on my face. It was so well, that was so well done. Because if they, if the Duffer Brothers can do one thing, well, first of all, they completely redeemed themselves at their Stranger Things season two, Yeah, in my opinion. Season three was just, God, like a, a, it, it stuck to the point. It told the story. It didn't miss a beat. Such fantasy you know, and they, they knew what they needed to do for those characters. They didn't do the whole Eleven goes to Chicago and becomes a punk with her hair slicked back. That episode. That is still like that, that, <laughs> that is all I remember from season two. Right. Like in my opinion, it should have just gone straight to season three. Like if I ever rewatch it, I would probably skip season two, or at, at the least skip that episode. So when I watch with my daughter Violet, and she's like, "Why is Eleven on a bus?" And then the next episode, she's coming back from a bus. We don't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when everybody's like, "Oh, Billy's such an asshole," and I think when we were talked about it on the, when we were talking about season two on the on this podcast. Billy's a fantastic character. Who's a, who's a douchebag. Like, no, that's his character. He's protecting his sister. He's doing what an older brother would. Now, of course, that puts him at odds with Steve in season two. Now I'm remembering more of season two. So I do remember <laughs> more than that one episode. Uh, but, you know, like, oh, oh, Billy, oh, he's the villain in season three. No, like, that scene at the end, that is, fu- that is a beautiful scene. And then, oh, my God, uh, Hopper's letter that they read. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that is perfect writing. That is like that. I, I wish, like, if I ever have to write something beautiful to my daughter, <laughs> I could write something one tenth that profound and beautiful. Yeah. Like, uh, just go on. U- you know, I go on YouTube right now and just listen to that. The end. That end where she's uh, where he's reading the letter and, and it's beautiful. And they're like, oh, we gotta do season four. I'm like, I'm thinking like, no, leave it. This is perfect. This is the ending. Just leave it, please. Yeah. Just th- this is done because when you're a kid, your friends move away sometimes. That is that. These kids have experienced adult life as a child, but like, you know, in that microcosm to where adults like us who grew up then are watching this with our adult mindset, seeing children go through what we went through, but at, what with the mindset that we have now. It's fucking genius. That's probably the best thing I've seen. Like that season was, Stranger Things 3 was one of the best things I've seen in forever. Absolutely. Well, every fucking second of it nice and of course I couldn't binge it on day one because everybody and their fucking mother was watching Stranger Things so like oh here we go we see this screen right here and all of a sudden you." <laughs> oh really yeah see we watched it uh, probably a, a week or two later that's what we did and we had no problem streaming yeah I was in Florida when it launched because the fir- the, that first so, yeah. day like you know when, I mean I, I'm greater than I can I can download things like uh, <laughs> game updates while, while watching <laughs> things on my TV, like you know in 4K but, I mean, it, uh, we, we get halfway through an episode and I start doing it. I'm just like, God damn it. God damn it! <laughs> it's getting, you know, right when something good would happen. Oh, anyway, uh, the Hellboy, speaking of Hellboy, no, skip it. Uh, the CG is bad. There's some great moments in it. But it is not better than the sum of its parts. Uh, let's see. Curse of La was garbage. Skip it. Uh, Avengers Endgame. I don't know if anybody heard about that one, but it's worth a watch. <laughs> uh, of course, it was fucking Amazing. Uh, let's see, do, 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 John Wick Chapter 3, loved it, not as good as Part 2, because unfortunately, my only complaint about, John Wick Chapter 3 is fantastic, it's fun, it's exactly what you want, but you can see a little, Keanu's a little bit slower in some of those movements, Mm. you know, you you can kind of see some of the younger guys, like, you know, as opposed to, they're like, the the beat, (laughs) there's a little more beats for it, you know, I'm not complaining, but it's just, you know... After you, after you follow up part two, you know, I mean, and honestly, it's, it, simple camera angles could have alleviated some of it for the fight scenes. But I mean, you have there's a lot of close quarters knife fights, and it's just a, it's a little more A B or you know, how, I don't know how you do that in your head when you choreograph a fight scene, but it's like right. one two. You can kind of see rhythm, man. you can see the yeah, but that's hey, a, that's a, a exact way. That's a great way to put. It. You can kind of see that a little more. Again, still phenomenal. We talked about Aladdin, uh, Brightburn. A lot of people, you know, Superman Gone Bad, it pretty much played out exactly like I thought it would. I did not think, A, a whole bunch of people from The Office were in it, B, <laughs> that it was going to be as gory as it was. It was pretty gory, but it ended, it ended exactly like it should. I think it could have been, you know, it could have been a little bit better, but I think for what the idea of, a, you know, a Superman grows up as a villain... I think that's kind of that's pretty much kind of, I think the best way you can do it to keep him as a kid, not to go the red sun route in the comics where you just start with him as a, you know, as the ruler of the world, practically. All right. You know, so. So um, was that actually affiliated with DC? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, it is affiliated, however, with like James Gunn's superhero universe in terms of at the end, they show uh, Rain Wilson's character from Super. Okay. I, forget, I forget what he calls himself. But, like, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. So it does take place in that same universe. Huh. so I would you know I I would be completely interested in pursuing that with this uh, but I, I mean it's not some super great film but it you know it's I think with, again with the subject matter I think Brightburn did the best that they could with it for the story they tried to tell could somebody have done better absolutely but I mean I don't think it's like it, I get I see a lot of like oh it's garbage it's crap but you know it's worth a, again worth a watch think Godzilla King of the Monsters worth a watch once never watched it again I was so disappointed uh lot of people love Bohemian Rhapsody. I'll do you one better. Rocket Man was way better than Bohemian Rhapsody. I watched Rhapsody. Rocket Man. I thought it was so Rhapsody. much better.
0: Had no So idea, much better.
1: Had no idea it was a musical. Me either. No, like, I was very that's, pleased. That's what made it. That's why <laughs> I liked it better. It wasn't. It wasn't trying to. You know. It was. It. It wasn't just. You Because know, you know, you had, we had competing rock star biopics, pretty much. Yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody. Rocket Man. I didn't see Bohemian Rhapsody though. Yeah. I watched. It. I did watch this one. Though. Rocket Man's like. I, uh, of course, I, I like Elton John. I also love Taron Egerton because of yes, Kingsman. Yeah. Uh, very underrated actor, and hopefully he gets at least some acclaim for this and uh, stuff like that, kids uh, stuff because he he is very good. Mm-hmm. I, I, I he, he's going to be a bit like he's going to keep rising in terms of like roles. Hopefully, I mean, I can't I can't put him in a movie, <laughs> but you know, I mean, I would, you know, I look like he's a fantastic younger actor. We like totally would put him in
0: a movie.
1: Yeah, if I had that. Contact power. us for Jedi walk with me. I saw Ma, uh, Ma with a. Uh, oh, and I forgot her name. I can see her face. God damn it! What is it? Ma Ma M A with a. Uh, oh, what's it? Olivia Spencer? Oh, okay. Octa- excuse me. I'm sorry. Miss Octavia Spencer. Excuse me. Octavia. Uh, yeah. I really like. She is. She is basically that kind of crazy person movie, and ends up like you know. Without giving too much away, I recommend it. It's where it's a little silence of the lambsy but it's it's good it, it's kind of uh it's i wouldn't say meta but it's just it's interesting it's like it's kind of a unique plot it's you know you kind of see how it would work mm-hmm. and everything and i liked it and it's also got uh she's in it and then uh there's the play dracula and, and, and bard and uh uh hobbit oh, so i can see his face i can't think of his name but he's in it too i, uh, I think he's a great actor uh of course dark phoenix i already told you exactly what i think of that <laughs> Uh, Men in Black International, if you like, you know, part three was probably my favorite of the series where, you know, spoiler alert, where he sees his dad at the end. I was like, oh, my God, why am I crying in a Men in Black movie? Uh, also because Josh Brolin's phenomenal in that movie, too. Uh, but Men International, like, you know, eh. if you like the Thor series. Valkyrie, kill aliens. Yeah, pretty, <laughs> I mean, it's, why is it not called for, Thor 4, this one? And, you yeah. know, it's, it, you didn't, it wouldn't take much. Right. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, you know, again, if you like the series, worth a watch. Uh, the Shaft movie that came out, and eh, you could skip it. I mean, again, if you if you like the character, if you like, if you're a fan of the series, by all means. Uh, obviously, I'm not. A, I mean, I never watched Shaft was off the air when I was a kid, uh, but everybody knows the character. The movie, the original R-rated one with, uh oh, I don't know if the new one was R-rated or not. Doesn't say. Uh, but the original remake, so to speak, with Samuel L. and Christian Bale, love that one. Uh, the Dead Don't Die. I recommend it. Shabble it was bar. fun. The new one. I mean, the original and the new one. Him. I the forget his name. The new one. Okay. I forget his name. I can't oh, think of guy? it. Yeah. Post it in the comments below on YouTube. And you win a no prize. This. A fabulous That's... Marvel no prize. <laughs> yeah. What's this guy's I, name? I, can, I swear. I know it. Because like I, I, I he, when he pops up and I'm like, oh, yeah. Blankety blank name that I can't think of right now. But he's he's, a, okay. he's one of my favorite actors right now. Got something. For uh, the comments. There you go. Uh, the Dead Don't Die, uh, the Jim Jarmusch film with Bill Murray, uh, Adam right. Driver, Chloe Savini, Tilda Swenson. All star cast. Uh, if you know who Jim Jarmusch is, this is a Jim Jarmusch film. Hmm. So it's it's going to have that quirky, oh, and, and the great, sweating. to open this shit, Danny Glover. <laughs> uh, I like Jim Jarmusch films. I mean, they're slow. They're different. I mean, they have a different pacing. That's mm-hmm. one reason why a lot of people like him. I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, in film school, I studied the films of Jim Jarmusch, <laughs> such as Steadman, and such like that. But uh, his films are unique, you know, as unique as a David Lynch kind of film. I mean, there's strange things that just happen for apparently no reason kind of stuff, you know, but somehow it works. It's entertaining. I enjoyed it. It's a fun little zombie movie that is pretty kind of meta. Mm. Toy Story 4, it was good, but did we need it? No. Uh, Yesterday, I haven't seen it. I want to see that, though, because it's a Danny Boyle film.
0: Yeah.
1: Didn't get to see Spider-Man Far From Home. Haven't seen Midsummer. Want to see Crawl really badly. Uh, Lion King, haven't seen. I kick myself every time I pass by movie theater because I don't have time to see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, I want to see that. Like um, I I, I, I want to see it like really bad. Like I've seen every Tarantino movie since Pulp Fiction in a the theater, which I had to sneak in to see. Uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Really want to see that one. Uh, blah 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 blah. Mm. Ready or not, I really want to see because has that chick from the Baby Center in it, and it's getting a lot of good reviews. There's a remake of Jacob's Ladder, which is probably shit. <laughs> and of course, the fanatic, as we mentioned earlier. It Chapter Two, Satanic Panic. These are just ones I want to see now that are coming out. At Astra Rambo, Last Blood, yeah, that's pretty much. It. Oh, actually, oh, Joker, Joker's, f- I'm so on board for that film. Yeah, that. Walking is gonna, you know, if the if the trailer if the movie is half as good as the trailers, we're in for a fucking treat. That was the time where you avoided trailers. Try to, but now since I don't get to see movies, <laughs> you just I at least it. like to see a trailer so I can, a tear can roll down my cheek. <laughs> like, oh, God, if I, this baby wasn't keeping us here. Well, also, my okay, Alden's mom babysits from time to time, but now she's got, she works two jobs. And now, like, now it's like, now she's rarely off at night, so. Of course, if we want to go to a movie. Of course, I can get in for free, but it's like, you know, babysitters really do cost a whole bunch of fucking money yeah. that I don't want to spend. <laughs> and since we've been all, i got a whole bunch of emails. I'm just going to touch on some because we always read them on the air. We don't, I don't usually respond to them. Yeah. Uh, this one is from January 26th of this year. You should at least respond and say, hey, we're going to read this on the air Some time. of them, I mean, I haven't yet. Okay. Some of them I did when they came from our good friend Sean Aber, and he says... Back in January. Well, I'll be damned. Welcome back, fellow 80s prodigies. I really thought you guys had all but disappeared yep. <laughs> from my commute when I stumbled upon your last podcast live on YouTube, revealing the almighty Oz behind the curtain. Sorry, but hey, what a surprise hey, for Friday the I'm 13th. Shark, Hopefully, still you're looking, you're still listening <laughs> and looking on YouTube, so please let us know if you're still listening. It doesn't matter. I, mean, I hope you are, but we'll still be you know podcasting when we can. Glad he said, goes on to say, Glad to have you back on the podcast. I can definitely understand having a kid that eats up your time. I can barely manage to keep my fridge stocked. I'm seeing Silent Night, a major video on the, on the, uh, with that terrifying image of Santa holding an axe out of the chimney and being too scared to ask. To run it so sadly... <laughs> so, they rent it so badly I never saw the movie. I will need to watch it now that I'm not a scaredy cat. And to add more authenticity to the podcast, it sounded like you recorded the episode on that Talkboy cassette recorder from Home Alone. Heck yeah. The one that had the little mic that flipped out. This one might sound similar. <laughs> nah, deal with it, it. It sounds a little better. I uh, hope this episode kicks okay. off the regular show schedule again. Oops, <laughs> I'll it's just quit reading right changed. here. Uh, hearing the nostalgic, nostalgic banter really brightens my damn day. You said you at least two fans out there: UKP and Ben, the Tasmanian Devil. Well, Ben, Tasman Devil is in Tasmania. Uh, yeah. Of course, we have UKP and UK Lee. So Sean, sure. rest assured you're at least three me down with me down here in New Orleans. Cheers, friends, oh, nice. and always appreciate yeah. the good man Mardigan reference. Sean, Sean's the one that I think one of them, say worked yeah. at the Audubon Zoo and did That's the right. uh, does all that stuff. So Sean, I hope you're in good health. I hope you're still listening. <laughs> <laughs> if not, you'll pro- you know after a few more episodes, you'll be like, hey, wait a second, they're back, and then you'll yeah. be like, oh, and then you'll, you you two will share t- shed tears of joy that we're back. <laughs> uh, Ross Jacobs says, uh, "This is the first time he, emailed, he last time he emailed me emailed us. Excuse me, I'm sorry. I'm talking fast because I'm I'm getting tired. I'm running out of gas. been working <laughs> it's only been all day. Those two hours. I've been working all day and a long I got show talking talk to show. people at work and customers all day and I got to talk to talk to you guys. But hey, this one's the fun one. this is the one I like doing. But anyway, uh, '90s revisited is it question mark is his subject. Ross Jacobs, which is Ross Jacobs at Yahoo.co.uk." So yet another United ah, Kingdom yeah. user. I'm assuming unless that's a fake from email from somebody. We uh, needed it? to do our UK tour. Exactly. <laughs> if only I'd have known this when I was there five years ago. <laughs> uh, hey guys, my wife and I are regular listeners and subscribers to your age-visited podcast as well as your YouTube videos. Hopefully cool. you, you're on the you find the new channel or this is the same channel we were on before, right? Yes. Okay, yes, so, so you'll still see it. all that. So again, sorry you missed this. Sorry we had the absence. I mean, life gets in the way. Unfortunately, you know, this is a passion project you know we do this Mm -hmm. for fun this is not something that we get money from it's all just to have fun so you know sometimes life gets in the way hopefully again this is the start of you know at least something regular i hope but we'll go from there i said that last time uh, nine months ago we'll see i mean i do regular shows on twitch so maybe you can do a regular thursday show i think it could work like oh um, me and jesse are going to talk about getting a little home studio set up so if i can't make it over here we can at least do something to have something out there to have some content. Yep. So then eventually we can get to 90s Revisited. So anyway, he says, my wife and I are regular listeners. I mentioned that, blah, blah, blah. We live in Norfolk in Great Britain, so you can add a few more overseas fans to your list. We agree with 99.99% of your opinions on movies and obviously Star Wars Rules, original trilogy. We were just wondering if and when, when and if you guys excuse me we're still considering doing the 90s revisited podcast as soon as we hit the 80s one under control oh, right. then that like we mentioned a little bit earlier yeah you know, so, I mean I dries we've, up we've always talked about to like you know doing a 90s revisited at least month sure. where we do a month where we would do like Jurassic you know the biggest ones of the 90s Jurassic yeah. Park Scream something like that a little preview of coming attractions right Possibly. I mean, you know, we have so many films linked to nostalgia this decade, and we can't wait to uh, hear movies from this era. Keep up the great work, guys. Kind regards, Ross Jacobs. Ross, hopefully, you're still looking at uh, listening. And again, I keep correcting myself. Looking does work because we're all on YouTube looking and listening. Yeah. So, uh, It'd be like a flash know. forward episode. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Podcast <laughs> rewind for our old, old fan. Yeah. Uh, got one, uh, March 6th this year from Thomas Mihan. Hope I pronounced that right, Tom. Uh, hello, I'm a new listener and I'm loving the podcast. Keep up the great work. Are you playing a sister slash spinoff podcast based on 90s movies? Oh, my Sincerely God. Sincerely, Thomas, there's a lot of requests, Jesse. Oh. So, again, it's all based, you know, the original. We talked about this even when we first started doing it. We'll do, you know, once we do enough 80s movies, then we'll we'll just, you know, I think you even said as a joke, even, well, eventually we're going to have to do 90s revisited. Yeah. So, it's, ne- it's not never out of the realm of possibility. Maybe we could even do, you know, if we get regular, we might do maybe. This is completely hypothetical because last time we did a podcast, I said, we'll see you next week. <laughs> and it was nine months later. So, you know, maybe if we can get more regularity to it, we might do you know, like, maybe we'll just throw in randomly, you'll see instead of Asia visit, maybe we'll just do a random 90s revisited episode. True. So, you know, uh, so, so, uh, so make sure uh, Russ and uh, Thomas, y'all, if y'all, if we did that, send in y'all's picks, for, like the most one, the ones that y'all would most like to hear. Yeah, and, and share then, this stuff. It motivates absolutely. Trey to come back. Subscribe on the YouTubes, everything you can do.
0: Bother tray at 80srevisited at gmail.com. Absolutely.
1: And then you, our good friend and president of the UK the uh, side of the uh, Asia Revisited podcast. Uh, he uh, messaged us on or emailed us on March 12th and said are you guys still out there for question marks I did respond that said we are he <laughs> responded <"Hey>, uh, <laughs> that same day hey Trey, cool to hear back glad all okay with you understand about life sometimes you just don't have enough time in a day and just gets away for you congrats on the second side for your business so we would talk, I mentioned stuff about right, our right. business hope the family's okay everybody's doing fine on my side and I'm pretty sure Jesse's I haven't talked to him in a while but I haven't heard anything negative so no news is good news who is this? UKP okay So, uh, regards to the resident family, Pete. So Pete, again, hopefully you're still looking and listening. So for now we're back. Of course, we are approaching the Halloween season. Mm -hmm. We all know that's my favorite season. However, we still have to catch up and take care of uh, City of the Living Dead and Day of the Dead. So uh, this is September 12th, 12th, 13th if you're listening, 12th if you're watching. I'm going to do my damnedest to where we're kind of catch up from last year's Halloween horror and then get, uh, I was thinking of maybe a horror sequelitis theme for this year. Because uh, there's a lot of, there's a few horror sequels, I'll say a few, there's at least four mm-hmm. horror sequels out there for 80s horror films that I haven't seen. Uh, like, for example, Psycho 2 is one of them. Uh, Piranha 2, which I've seen part of, but not all of. So, I do have something to work with in terms of a theme for this year. Yeah. But I would like... And if, if I can't catch up on these other two we'll catch them some point. I always keep my promises. As we've seen <laughs> mostly well, you know we're not done. Remember, if you whenever you see it pop up on your feed that says 80s revisited and they live is the movie as I've said before, that <laughs> the, that is the last over. episode of it. '80s revisited. Right. We're say we started with a John Carpenter film, we're ending with a John Carpenter film. So, barring an act of God or an unplanned horrific <laughs> slasher event tomorrow for in my, our lives, when it's actually Friday the Thirteenth for us, yeah, we will be doing this podcast until you see. They this live. week on '80s revisited. They live. They live. So, which is, that, they die. <laughs> pretty much. At the end of the episode, we will then commit ritual <laughs> So or we'll get into an eight-minute long fight, like in <laughs> Oh yeah, of, there you go. Oh sorry. Or, or actually, we, we hold up the glasses to the camera and we're all the we're the aliens and we just teleport. We are the aliens the whole time. I, I just revealed our master plan. God damn yeah. it. You will forget <laughs> one that one of it, those endings will happen. A neutralizer or whatever <laughs> whatever they call it, a men in black. Forget yeah. I said that. Take it back, it was dumb. So the plan is next time. Next episode. Oh wow! am uh, not even committing to next week. No, nah. I got to see how the, how the business goes. So, but uh, hope, <laughs> hopefully, hope, uh, I truly hope it's next week. I got several episodes ready to go. Just got to find the time. Uh, I got here at what six? It is ten seventeen our time. So we goofed off for like two hours. But if you yeah. made this a regular thing, the goof off sessions were true. And we still did that. <laughs> yeah, uh, we still did that. <laughs> but um, yeah, so you know, uh, obviously, if I can get away. This proves that I, you know, I it, I do ha- I can do it. Of course, I'm going to be exhausted tomorrow. But, hey, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, in, in our terms of our life, you know, I, for those of you, all of our fans who obviously... And there are there are other emails that are more so just, hey, is the podcast still up? Yeah. I'm not going to read that. Obviously, we are. Uh, like well, I said... Thanks for writing in. Absolutely. Uh, for sure. So, you know, I know there are people out there. And whether it's just our good friend Ben in Tasmania or UK Pete or UK Lee or our new friends that have emailed us for the first time earlier this year. I don't care if it's just y'all listening or watching. We're having a... You know, I've met several new friends, that I, people that I would consider friends just from doing this stupid fucking podcast <laughs> where I'm just, you know, where some people think I talk too fast. Some people think without seeing me on here, I look like a uh, skinny redneck, which I wish, I wish, I do wish I was skinny, but not a redneck. <laughs> <laughs> I promise you, I'm, I'm a city boy. City sure, boy. Uh, just because just, just we talk like this don't mean we're raised on a farm. Yeah. <laughs> Cleetus, Get down. You know. I like the thing my diction is not southern. No, 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 course no no, of course, Jesse. We could have a very eloquent discussion about some of the films of Peter Frampton, which yes. uh, I've screwed that my improv ball went out the window because Frampton didn't do any films, I don't think. Uh-huh. I think we he just, appeared in Pinball Wizard and maybe that was it. We just need to do an endless UK tour, then we'll pick up the yeah, you, accent. There you go. We'll just, <laughs> we'll just pull Madonna. Right. Ooh. <laughs> Oh, I, oh, good I, like, day, You know the most offensive. We, we stayed in worst. the wrong part of the UK at that point. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, uh, actually, strangely enough, UK friends, there was a gentleman that came to my store, uh, and I'll, the reason I remember it is because he came in and he told he's he from Liverpool. Wow. So like, you know, you know, of course, I'm not. Oh, oh where are you from? Yeah, you know, of, of course. But <laughs> you know, here, like, oh, I'm, I'm seeing like, how did this? He's her buying clothes for work. How did he end up moving from the UK to Baton Rouge, Louisiana? I have a British person in my board game group. I know it. Just I've never asked them where they're from. <laughs> I know. It, well, I mean, I couldn't help. You know, I'm mean, I just sure. Of course, when when you're dealing in retail and you were a natural born salesman, mm-hmm. it's like you know, it's, you know, I'll, you know. I'm sure you get all the time, but you know, you know. That's that's. I know, I know. There's. I preface it like you know. There's all sorts of different accents in the UK, and I, I know I've heard your your yours sounds familiar. Where are you from? Right. And The second he said Liverpool, then it hit like you know. That's exactly what it I, sounds uh, like. Then when I shut my eyes, I was like, you know, Liverpool. John Lennon and Paul McCartney. <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah, from Liverpool. Liverpool. You, know, that, that, you know, I could hear it at that point. Yeah. So, but anyway, the plan is to, ha- to have more episodes, more content. You can always reach us at gmail.com, Leave messages on the channel. Uh, Twitter, I don't do tw- I, I try to get it to where it posted to everything. I but know. I can only get it to do Instagram and Facebook. I was honest
0: so. on our last intro and said yeah. we don't use that no I mean all...
1: Instagram I got to work fine I can do Instagram and Facebook you can do Instagram yeah, okay so what is I... your Instagram 80s Revisited at, at, at 80s at, Revisited at 80s Revisited at 80s Revisited let me double check okay I'm pretty sure that's what it is I'm pretty sure oh I'm sorry 80s underscore Revisited underscore really yeah bummer <laughs> so somebody out there because <laughs> I, I did try 80s Revisited first I was like you yeah. can't use it So 80s underscore revisited on Instagram. 80s underscore. 25 followers. There you go. Hit the follow. We're we're big time. time. We're
0: influencers.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You can raise that number. Just got to keep plugging it. Oh, exactly. And that's just the thing. Like, that's what I've discovered with my own business is that, uh, you know, to run a successful business these days, you have to have a social media presence. Yeah. And it. It's a full time job to maintain that, but you know, it's it's not a full time job. But my, you know, the intent of my statement is you have to be on top of it. You have yeah. to you have to have a plan for your social media. Yeah. And the same thing, what we're doing. I mean, again, we're doing this because I love to do it. Jesse likes to donate his time. He has all this equipment. Why not? Why not? That's now, right. on the other hand, we also have iPhones, like I mentioned before, a whole bunch <laughs> yeah. of stuff. We should have maybe making more movies too. Sure. But uh, of course, you know, Jesse's living the dream with no kid playing all these, you know. I, I make finished, a lot of movies. I haven't finished a, Yeah, yeah you do. <laughs> actually, you do. Uh, I haven't finished a video game in... Jesus Christ. No, I haven't played a video game in a while. I, mean, I used to play... like I need to do that gun. more. Follow me on Twitch.tv slash Hardboard Games.
0: No I in that. Um, I play video games on there sometimes. That's my excuse
1: to actually play games. Because if I loaded up myself without streaming, I wouldn't get it played. See, I made the mistake of having a kid when I found out about all this shit. <laughs> So now I can't, you know, people have kids on Twitch. I know, but it's, but again, in, with our, you know, cause in our garden home now we do have, you know, we're not, there's no space between the, our home, our units. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we do share walls with other people. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, not that, I mean, not that our walls are like paper thin or anything. I mean, every now and then you hear just some loud music or something, you know, I think most people on Twitch though are. But I mean, with the right stuff. mic, I mean, I can get, not that I get like, ah, blah, 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 but you yeah. know, I have a baby sleeping. We have no carpet in the apartment, which I love. So, you know, but I mean, yeah. we have, you know, sound is, you know, there's no carpet in this house too. And that's an issue. Mm-hmm. Like I would love to put a rug down or something here just for sound purposes. Mm-hmm. It's fine though. Yeah. <laughs> I clearly coated the ceiling in carpet. Yeah. <laughs> there's foam everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, You know, so that's... You can see a tour of that on uh, YouTube.com. Yeah, recent video. I have heart board right. games. There is an eye in that one. Check it out. But anyway, so I hope to see everybody... Hopefully next week. If not, I promise very soon. It's really just all based from, uh, at least, you know, like I said, I got plenty of stuff ready to go. Just need to sit down, uh, find a convenient time for me to get away. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, you know, Violet's 15 months now doing great, walking. Anybody who's wor- interested about that, she's fine. Uh, she's Autumn's fine. fine. I'm fine. We're all fine. She's fine. Uh, you know, so, but uh, my biggest thing when I was just my business is we're a big transition on it. Uh, several people left. Left things in shambles, not from my perspective, not because anything I did. I'm a very benevolent and kind owner, uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm not a tyrant at the office. I say all these 80s movies, quote, movie quotes, and my employees are just like, what? All right. And you're like, do you know who I am? <laughs> I'm Trey Harris on the <laughs> well, 80s Revisited podcast. I don't have an 80s Revisited shirt anymore, but like, did you see who I am? You don't have one? I had one. but well, you can get one on RedBubble.com. Search. 80s visitor on redbubble.com dot com. No, you had no. I didn't have. I didn't have one from you. It was a different one I had from you. It wasn't like because it was too big or something. Remember? I don't remember. But anyway, up to be a Jesse one. talk. I don't need to hear this. Yes. or a lovers' lovers' squabble. But anyway, until next week. If we can come back next week, we'll finish up Halloween horror from last year, which will be City of the Living Dead and Day of the Dead might even try to do a combined episode because I ain't got much to say about the City of the Living Dead because great film, but there's not much to say about it. Mm-hmm. It's an Italian-dubbed English film, and, eh. It's got some very notable gore, that's why we're doing it. It's very famous for that. It's a Fulci film. So, uh, or no, the Gallo, I'm sorry. I'm, I might be getting my uh, Italian directors mixed up. No, it's Fulci, I was right. <laughs> and of course, Day of the Dead, the late, great George Romero was supposed to cap out Halloween Horror last month when we were doing all the zombie stuff, so we will try to get that wrapped up, get that done, because I promised we would. And then after that, we'll look at Halloween Horror for this year, because, let's see, I don't, I don't know, to have an October, October? calendar. Just seeing how many, uh, roughly I mean, how many episodes we would need for October. If you release Depends on what day, what day we do. <laughs> yeah, what day, four or five. If we do the third, it would be five, five that yeah. Thursday, because that'd be if three If we did ten. all Friday releases and be Yeah. But I always like to do something special for Halloween, so. Yeah. But if we made Thursday the day, it'd be fine. Yep. Yeah. We can do it. I just got to. Motivate Trey. Money helps. Subscribe on it. YouTube. <laughs> In the long run, maybe money. Oh, and an O. <laughs> before <laughs> I pre- Yeah. Maybe, nah, it's not. Uh, anyway, Everyone's but... Everyone's do wanna... doing Patreons now. Uh, I think that's like, he got, you know, I don't know. I just... If you make the content worth it, it's worth it. I agree. Yeah. Most of the time, it's, uh, what, if it's what I see what's on Patreon is like, hey boys, see my cosplay? Oh, no. Want to see my naughty picture? I have a Patreon. For our games. It motivates me to make more stuff. Mm-hmm. I can understand yeah. that. Yeah, that, that I understand. But then, like, I got a Patreon just to see, pic, you know, more pics of my. You know, cause no, I. That's what yeah, I see. I put it out there. But here's what this is for. If you give to that, I will fulfill the, you know, goals. Okay. See that. that. I think that's that's how it should be. And if you're in as a the schedule, just, if you had a goal in there, I will make it every Thursday. Yeah. If <laughs> if that goal is made, then you have an obligation to the people. You know, they are paying you to do this. So. And yeah, of course, but I mean, I, don't, I would more so rather if I get if we a, if we ask a question. You're have seeing like behind a, the scenes right now. Yeah, <laughs> this is yeah. Y'all can y'all can tune out if you <laughs> want. This, this will probably be, actually let's end the podcast and we'll continue talking. Okay. So if you have anything to say
0: about that, send them an email. 80s
1: visit underscore visited on Instagram. Yeah. Shout out to our good friend Ben, the Tasmanian Devil. Uh, in uh, with the Something Something Podcast Network. Ben has a podcast machine. I've said Literally that before. Literally the Something Something Podcast, podcast Network. He did not yeah, forget yeah, the name. Yeah, I did forget the name. That's what it's called. Good name, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> but I mean, Ben's on like every podcast that I, that comes across my feed these days. The yeah. man, like I said, the man's a podcasting machine. So definitely give him some love and some listens. Uh, he's a good friend that I've never met. Hopefully he will one day when he comes over here or I would eventually get to Australia. Yeah. But I doubt that's going to happen to a lot of older, so but anyway, until next time, which we is hopefully... Have, we have a thing to play, oh right? Yeah. Just, anyway. Just reminding you. Thank you. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> As, of course, we mentioned, one of the most memorable things from Friday, part, Friday the 13th Part 6, Jason Lives, is Alice Cooper's song, uh, The Man Behind the Mask. Phenomenal song. Every Halloween, it's on my Halloween playlist. I played at the office from pretty much Labor Day to October 31st. It's fantastic. But until next time, we'll take you out with it. Alice Cooper's gonna take us home. But in the meantime, Kalabunga! And I don't say anything, right? Right.